George Takei here, and I am proud to announce after such a lengthy, blisteringly hot summer, <sighs> my friends Howard Stern hey now. and Robin Ophelia Quivers oh dear. return live today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my, I am almost exploding with excitement. <sighs> Only on today's Howard Stern Show. Can't wait to hear what you've been up to. Oh, I've got the chills. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Yes, I am shot out of a cannon today. I have been bottled up all summer long. I have been taken away from the radio, my, my true love, the radio. And now I am shot out of a cannon. Look at me. I'm ready to broadcast. Yes, I'm broadcast. Look at me, Robin. I'm broadcasting. <laughs> yes. Testing, testing. One, two. One, two. I am ready to broadcast. I'm going wild in the studio with excitement. Like a king on his throne. You have uh, returned. Yeah. Watch this, Robin. I'm going to jump out the window. Here I go. <laughs> That's a little too much excitement. Here I go. Fred, we rehearsed this. Where is the window jumping sound effect? There. All right. <laughs> hey And glass breaks as I Hi-oh. jump out the window. See, I hit the ground and I hit, ran into a glass thing. What? I thought I you know. jumped out. <laughs> I don't know. My eyes are popping out of the sockets right now. I'm with excitement for this broadcast. I can't tell you. You know? Friends, I'm going to be honest with you. I was sitting in my bed this morning, and I woke up at about, uh, mm, I'll say, 4.30 or so, and uh, I usually get out of bed 5.30 on the days we broadcast, Robin, and I was sitting there looking at my phone, reading stuff, looking at um, videos of artists, studios, anything but wanting to get out of bed and come here and do the radio show. I am going to be completely honest. The summer break was not long enough for me. I uh, was totally happy and content. Not doing a lot of things. I, it wasn't that I was doing wild things because I, people said to me, when you have your summer off, you must plan so you don't waste time. Plan out what you want to do. Uh, make sure you get in what you want to do. And you know what? I did nothing but uh, I painted and I, I, I sat around the house. I relaxed. I was with my wife. But um, I've heard people say that same thing about retirement. Don't just... Leave your job without a plan. Well, I did have a plan in a sense. I wanted to finish this one painting, which I have not completed. It takes me months sometimes, but I'm almost close. I probably have a couple more days on it. But I was very happy just being. And uh, I was uh, talking to someone the other night, and they said to me they had a friend who is a hospice worker. And they talked to a lot of people as they were dying. And they said, do you have any regrets? And their one big, re- you know what their biggest regret was? Their was biggest, it? their biggest regret was, I wish I had spent more time doing what I love to do. And, um, you know what? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't love sitting here with Fred uh, every morning. Uh, <laughs> no offense, Fred. Uh, you're my man, but, uh, none taken. Welcome none back. Taken by the way. Thank you. Welcome back to you too, Fred. Great to, uh, to hear your voice and, uh, 
your sound effects and everything else. But, you know, I... Th- thank you. Yes, I'm wild with excitement to be back on the air. Look at... <laughs> what, what, this is going to come as a shock to most oh of you. Oh, my God. Turns out, what's happening? It turns out I hate doing this. I hate uh, being on the radio. <clears throat> when, I, when I die, I'm going to realize most of my life was spent on the radio. And it was a huge waste of time. Well, good morning to you. Where the fuck do I begin after two months away? I mean, there is so much going on. Can you go back two months and tell us the whole thing? Or do you have to start backward? I will. I I tell you what. Let me try in this opening of the show. Now that we are back live. Back with our friends. And it's uh, it's good to know you are all here. And by the way, thank you for the many nice uh, notes. Hey, Howard, we miss you. Can't wait for you to come back. All that stuff. That's beautiful. Thank you. 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 You do appreciate that. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Again, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you, my mistress. Again, that is everything. Thank you. That is a special master. By the way, special master is who Trump just got to review his documents that he stole. Thank you. I was thinking that too. I said, wait a minute, where is this special master coming from? Maybe it's from our show. I got to tell you. I tried to tune out the news as much as I could. I'm so sick of fucking Trump and all the bullshit and the people I'm sick of the most are these people who buy into him and defend his bullshit. I mean, my God in heaven, I feel like I'm in a nation of nincompoops. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hoping there is still some more brilliant, bright, vibrant people who love this country. I will talk about my father who died over the summer, but I don't want to get into mm. it right this second. But I once uh, was talking to my father. I, I interviewed him for a documentary I made for my children. I said, while my father still got half a brain, let me talk to this guy and put him down on tape so that, you know, future generations of Stearns or whatever. <laughs> see where or whatever. they came from. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then I said, maybe I should destroy the tape. <laughs> but um, my father... Uh, I once said to him, what is what I forget how we got into it on the tape, mm-hmm. but I was talking about why did your ancestors come over to this country? What was it? And he talked about the answer was freedom, freedom. And I feel the people in this country who support all this nonsense and and lies and bullshit about the election and all the conspiracy theories, I think. None of them have never, they have never lived under a dictator. Their freedoms have never really been threatened. And they have no idea what it would be like to live under a different type of system other than democracy. And they don't get it. They are morons. They think somehow that the world would be better under a guy like Trump, like he would take care of them better. I wish for a year they'd go live in Russia under that fuck nut Putin who is such a monster that he's invaded Ukraine and made people miserable for what? I don't know. I mean, we only get one shot at this planet. And this guy has destroyed the lives of innocent people in Ukraine, mothers, children, fathers, people who were working and enjoying their lives. And now it's ruined because of this man's narcissism. You should go live in Russia, all you fuckers out there. 
I, I have been avoiding you in the news, but um, here is my father talking about freedom in America, and it makes a lot of sense. Grew up during the Depression. Yeah. yeah. So things, they, when your family comes to America, there's tremendous poverty. Yes. It wasn't a land of opportunity, really. Well, it was freedom. It was freedom. You could do, you know, nobody was bothering you. I mean, all you wanted to do is make a living, support your kids, and uh, that's what we did. That's the, the freedom is why people came to this country. And so many people are willing to now walk away from freedom. It's crazy to me. Um, you know, and, uh, the, you know, they, they don't value it. They don't value freedom. They don't value having a country where the people vote even. They want to undo a vote for Trump. Well, I was thinking about it the other day, Howard, and I said, you know, a lot of times people don't realize what they have until it's gone. Uh, Joni Mitchell said that. You're right, Robin. I mean, uh, she's saying that. that. Yeah, big yellow, (laughs) big parking. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? I thought I just made that up. (laughs) No, no. that's your that's your issue. You think everything you made up. But uh, yeah, yeah, the stupidity. I'll give you an example of how dumb. We, you know, for those of us who have half a brain, I don't say a full brain, but at least operating on half a brain. When you got to deal with morons, and this is the level our country's at, we've got a lot of morons. Let's have an honest and frank discussion about it. I've had some time to think about it over the summer. What? My wife does animal rescue. That's no secret. Uh, today, she's telling me she gets uh, an email. She gets emails all the time from the public, people who need help. Woman writes her, hey, I've got a a nine or 10 or 11 year old cat. And uh, this cat is a uh, purebred cat. I can't keep the cat. Why can't I keep the cat? It, my mother or my father is moving in with me and uh, they're allergic. So Beth says, I get a lot of this shit. There are ways to deal with that, but okay. Beth wants to help the animal. She doesn't care about the people. Um, okay, ma'am, I tell you what, send me. Uh, the medical information on your cat. Before I take your cat in, I want to, you know, I'll try and rehome your cat. Woman says, ah, the cat hasn't been to the doctor in years. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, can you uh, take your cat to the doctor, get a medical workup, and then I'll take your cat? No, I don't have the money for that. The moron here. She writes. Okay. She, she says, I, I, I don't, I, I don't have the money. Okay. So then Beth says, all right, well, how, what about the logistics? Where are you and how can I get this cat? And Beth's trying to help her. And the woman writes her, well, my cat is a pure breed. I require a fee of $200. Uh, oh, my for goodness. You. So Beth threw out, threw, just deleted it. I mean, this is what. But I tell you this story because this is the level of thinking in our country. We have uh, education. We have uh, public schools. We have teachers. But, you know, the public is stupid. People are just dumb. They're, a lot of people are like Cro-Mangan man. They've crawled. You ever see that chart where man is crawling out of the sea? There's a lot of people still in the sea. They're just dumb. They're just <laughs> or dumb they're just motherfuckers. they're barely on the shore. <laughs> and for those of us with half a brain, and I'm not talking about liberals versus uh, conservatives. I, I, I consider myself somewhat of a conservative. But like a normal conservative, not like a fucking guy who follows the fucking a fearless leader. 
blind. You don't want a leader. You want I, your I, own yeah. brain. Yeah. You want and to think I'll about them, things. <laughs> and, and, and believe me, I'm not in love with Democrats either because, you know, I'll give you a, a story that I've been thinking about. And I'm sorry to get political, but I've, I've been bottled up for two months. You know, I, I tell <laughs> Beth this stuff and she doesn't want to hear it. I care less. You know, she does her thing. Poor and Beth. I start to lecture and she goes, enough. I, I get it. I'm worked up enough. School's but, out. you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. She can say, I'm not your student. <laughs> Go back on the radio if you want to talk. But we live in a nation of whack pack, whack packers. You know how nutty the whack packers are? We enjoy hearing them. Yes. There's too many of them. And then when you get them on the stand, like with the Alex Jones trial, all of a sudden Alex Jones goes, oh, yeah, I was just kidding around. Uh, they really do. The, 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 uh, Sandy Hook really did happen. You know, under oath, he'll admit. It's all a, it's all just bullshit right. that he knows right. he's bullshitting. Um, it's a way of making money, but there's so many dummies out there that it's it's just fucking frustrating. And even these well, dummies, you know what's crazy? To I see these that uh, out. He can go right back on the air and say, "I, you know, uh, I had to say what I had to say," and go right. on with his conspiracy theories about other things. And I watch these Democrats. They too. Joe Biden did a good job, but he's got to leave because he's too old. I, I hear this every minute now. I had some friends over for dinner. Uh, Joe, I hope Joe Biden doesn't run. He's too old. I go, what are you talking about? Did the man do a good job? He inherited a country that is was in chaos. They couldn't even, with the COVID running rampant, there was no way the Trump administration was going to be able to distribute vaccine. They were in denial that it was even necessary. They distributed the vaccine, number one. Number two, they restored orderliness to our European allies and NATO. You know, that was no easy feat. People didn't trust this country anymore. We got There's out of Afghanistan. There. Yeah. We got out of Afghanistan, which was draining our country and killing our boys and girls who work in the military. For no good reason. We, for no good reason anymore. It was over. We had killed bin Laden. It was done. He got us out. Everyone said we should get out, but nobody could get us out. Now he's out. Then the next thing, this whole situation in the Ukraine. No nonsense. Boom. We're supporting them. We're giving full aid to them. We're, we're with them. The, our allies are organized against Russia. Boom. Home run. Not to mention all the legislation that just went through. Not to mention all this microchip shit that we're now planning to become number one in the world with microchips. We got a president who can get legislation through, even in the most partisan of times where we're polarized. I wake up every morning. I never think about who's the president anymore. I don't sit and read wackiness in the newspaper. People go, he's too old. He ain't too old. He's doing fine. Say, yeah, well, job well done. You're an executive. You're running the country and it's running well. Is everything perfect? No. To repair what the fuck went on here for the last four years is insane. And you still got nincompoops running around there in Congress. So, yeah, there's a lot to fix. And the people who have lead paint and lead piping and paint removal are going on. They go, thank you. You know who will benefit? All you Trumpies. From, from the lead, lead pipe and paint removal efforts. Thank I could go on and on oh. about, you know, you know, I don't know what miracle you're looking for. 
But we need a nation that's stable, that believes in government, that doesn't have conspiracy theories. And that's that. And I hope Biden runs again. I'll vote for him. Cut out the bullshit. We're too old. Who cares about old? Uh, we, we, we rejoined the Paris Climate Accords, the Human Rights Council. I mean, they, they, these are good things that are being done. Is everything perfect? No. You got to understand what's in- Iran under control, you know, yeah, put some I mean, governors back on that deal. And we have a government again that gets a certain amount of things done. They can't do everything for you. And then I heard people go, well, they're going to pay for college now. It's not fair. I go, well, I said, well, if that, what if we do away with third grade? You know, in this country, we decided a long time ago that every citizen should be educated. Uh, we have people living in mountainous debt because of these colleges, but yet we tell them we need college. What better way to spend the money of the government than on educating more people so that we can rise up and beat these other fucking countries and become the brightest and the best? Well, so, if we're going to become the world's greatest microchip maker, we you need engineers. Engineer, we got to get a couple of dummies and make them smart. But engineers, you know, that's education. It takes education to become an engineer. My father was a bright guy. He couldn't afford education. I was talking to my mother the other day. She says, you know, your father only craved education. He wanted education. He couldn't get a break. I'm for giving people a break. I pay taxes. Lord knows I pay enough of them. And then, and then they go, well, Biden's 79 years old. Trump is 76 year old if he's your hero. What do you think? There's a three-year difference there. And the man is running the government. I don't care if he's a good public speaker. The man has a stutter. I know that. When he speaks, it's not good. He's not a great speaker. I don't care. I need an so executive what? who can. That's it. That's how I feel. You don't like it? Go fuck yourself. Is Trump a great speaker? No. He's a. Well. He's bombastic. Anyway, uh, I know so many of you disagree with me. You shouldn't. I know what I'm doing. I'm a really bright guy. You should follow me. You're going to follow anyone, follow me. Whatever I say goes. Finally, you're saying you're a really bright guy. Well, I had two months off to think about it. And I real I came up to the conclusion I must be intelligent as all hell. Because <laughs> I don't know what else anyone's talking about. I don't know what else anyone is talking about. I don't understand it. I watch the news. I don't understand it. Now, my, uh, my father, it was, uh, I would thank God I was off this summer for me personally. I'm dealing with a lot with my parents. I can't believe at my advanced age, I'm still dealing with parents. Most well, of you Howard, out that's there a blessing. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I speak to people involved in hospice work, which I spend a lot of my time, I know a lot of hospice people. I should, I should give a shout out to a whole bunch of people who uh, helped me with my father. but And they were lovely people. Boy, oh boy, we got some great people in this country. Uh, the doctor treating my, one of the many doctors treating my father, but toward the end of his life, I said to him, "What do you? how do you take doing this? And he said to me, I used to be an internist, and I would look at people like your father. My job was to keep them alive, you know, under any means necessary. Mm. And he said, you know, that's not what I want to be doing. I want to help people exit the world with dignity. 
because at some point your body gives out and medical science god bless them they can they have all kinds of ways to keep you going but uh, not good it's not all good and even my father I remember toward the end i i went over to the apartment where they live and i'm not even sure my father kind of knew who i was i mean he was doing fine he was eating he was doing his routine and stuff but he was having all kinds of weird delusions and seeing shit and uh and i said to him uh how you doing dad and i don't even know what he i don't even think he recognized me as a son or anything i don't think he recognized me as a son when he had his brains i mean you know <laughs> honestly he never called me son in my life i mean i got a lot of issues around this whole death but uh my father says to me i said how you doing he goes i'm already dead I'm already yeah. dead. You know, he, that's how he felt. Well, yeah, but that's a state that's so sad to be in. Yeah, my last real conversation with is, uh, you know, I said, Dad, I love you. And he goes, oh, good, good. Okay, bye. That was our conversation. Oh, but then he also said, you look like some guy on TV, doesn't he? And he <laughs> turned to my wife and he goes, he looks like some guy on TV, right? Wow. Look at that guy. And he went, look at that guy. How tall are you? I said, I'm six foot. No, I said, I'm six foot five, sir. And he goes, boy, he's tall. And he looked at my wife and he went, boy, you're pretty. He he didn't know her either. He he was just sort of like two strangers are visiting. I think he just wanted to fuck her. I mean, I think he thought she was some hot chick. Yeah, but he didn't know she was your wife. I kept saying, "Uh, this is my wife. (laughs) And like most men I meet, they're like, they ignore that and they keep hitting on (laughs) it. I can't tell you how many guys, not so much now because I keep my wife locked up in the house with me. Yeah, they but, can't uh, see her. <laughs> yeah, we go. I, I could name five famous guys who like right in front of me, like started pushing. You know how guys, when they get in your personal space, if you're a woman and they, they start thrusting their hips toward you, like it's weird. They, they, uh, I've seen like really famous dudes. Who are you do hanging that. out with? Oof. Like if I was at a um, wedding or some or a party and I've seen them like move in and they go, "Oh, hey, who are you?" and you know, to her. And I kind of like them pushed to the side like um and I'm pretty famous. I mean, plus I'm also crazy, so you think they'd think about Back it before off, they did yeah. it. Yeah, cuz you know, I'm, I could go off and mention their names and <laughs> crazy talk should about be it. a shield. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was somewhere in a very famous couple, super, super famous. And the dude comes over and starts talking to my wife, but in a way like he was, you know, like they had already been on their third date. (laughs) And uh, this guy's wife comes running over, you know, like running over. And uh, she's like, oh, and like pulls him away. Like, that's happened to me a few times. So. Life sounds wonderful. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, that's my point. There's so many morons and people who, who, can, who are, who are contagions. They're contagions in our society. They don't know I'm how to function. I'm glad to be locked up listening to this description of a party. Uh, let me tell you, being, you know, my wife and I are the only two people who haven't come out of hiding. Like I've often said, we are like the Japanese after the war, after World War II. There were a couple of guys who hung out in the jungle for 25 years, thinking the war was still going on. And yeah, when they you came still out, had that, uh, they, they had, remember they'd have those helmets with plants all over them so they could yeah. hide under trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> After the war, 25 years, they found guys in the jungle who had no idea that the war was over. And they came out in their fatigues and they had weapons and they were fight. They were still fighting. And yeah, they go, they no, no, no. Them that, that you can put that down now. Yeah. Well, I think the bo- there was a book about it called Surrender or No Surrender, something like that. I don't know. I, I, I don't remember the name, but. Yeah, so my, you know. There's people I want to talk about, though. When my dad was dying, so my dad, I figured my dad would die at home. You know what I mean? And uh, that was my plan anyway. But then we had to bolt him down almost to the bed because, you know, and I had people in the apartment with them 24-7. I had an aide for my father and an aide for my mother. And my mother was having all kinds of problems. So she didn't even like, like, she couldn't even focus on my father. She was getting scared of him. Because, like, mm-hmm. he started walking around yelling and things. And then when he was in the bed, he would thrash. And they were afraid that he was going to hurt his foot because he kept banging his foot against this metal part of the bed. Mm. And so he started getting out of control. And they said to me, look, the best place for him is in the hospice, which was over at uh, Mercy Hospital in Rockville Center. God bless that place. You know, my parents have been out of St. Francis, which is another fantastic fucking hospital. You know, you, you you see, that's why you got to value society for all you fuckers out there who want to blow up our country, who want to have no more free elections. You want to give up your freedom. All of this will go away. You don't know what it's like to live under a society where uh, the, the fearless leader and what a guy to pick for a leader. Holy shit. You couldn't pick a better guy. If you're going to blindly follow someone, for Christ's sakes, pick a better guy than that. Maybe I could get behind that. No, they you know? want somebody just like them, incapable of doing anything. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who couldn't even, <laughs> like, you know, couldn't run a casino. I mean, what are you worried about here? We, 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 this is our country we're talking about. What? And now you're not alarmed that there were documents and this judge they appoint. I, 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 I can't even get started it's, on all of it. It's it so just... loony. It, yeah, it is loony. Looney Tunes out there. I don't want to go into all of it because this is a comedy show. I want to fucking laugh. I got so many funny things to tell you about. But, you know, why would you make Trump the prom king? You wouldn't have voted for him for prom king in high school because just because he's he was so privileged. You wouldn't even. I don't know why these people follow him so much. What, for abortion? Or uh, I don't know what it is. I don't get you. Anyway. So, um. I moved my father to hospice, and when I went over there, my father's laying in the bed unconscious, and you could just tell he like he wasn't eating anymore. His eyes are closed, and mm. you know he was like frozen. It was weird. It was like already dead, but he was still alive. You know what I mean? He was. He would have, he's still breathing. He, he's still breathing, and I walk in the room, and there's a guy sitting in my dad's room with a clarinet. He's playing my father clarinet music, and I. I was like, hi, uh, who are you? He goes, oh, I'm, I don't even have this guy's name. And he goes, um, I'm a musician and I, I come to the hospice to, I volunteer my time and I sit and play the clarinet for people who, uh, you know, who are like your father. And I, I, you know, I was so busy focused on my father. I didn't get this guy's name, but I thought, wow, this guy, I mean, what do we have on this planet? All we have is our time, and our time is limited, and it's running out. 
And this guy takes his time and plays clarinet for my father in his hospital room. I mean, I didn't tell him my father's stone deaf and he can't hear anything. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, and by the way, my father hates clarinet. I didn't want to tell the guy. You know what I mean? I played Isn't the clarinet. clarinet you were supposed to be playing. Oh, my God. Well, like, yeah, I, I had it. My father bought me a clarinet, and I was horrible at it. And I remember he was just like, I bought, I, I bought you a clarinet, and you don't even play it right. You don't even practice those $200. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, my father couldn't talk at that point, but he was probably like, tell that moron to stop playing the clarinet. <laughs> you know, but, uh, so I said to the guy, I go, so you play clarinet for people who can't walk away from it, huh? That's a smart move. <laughs> most people, no, but I was so moved by this guy. And then he got, and he goes, do you want time now alone with your father? I said, yeah, please. And he, and he walked away and I never got his name. I never knew who he was. It didn't matter to him that my father was like half dead. But he said, you know, most people like music. And my father did like music. He liked to dance. Believe it or not, he did. And then, you know, there's also vibration. You know, music is a vibration. I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want the vibrations. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, I'm sitting in the room alone with my father. And, like, a lot of people had advised me that. Maybe, you know, even the doctor said to me, if you want, just sit alone and tell your father, have the conversation you need to have with him, even though, you know, he can't talk back. It's probably the best time. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, that's going to be great. So I sat there like, so like, and they, and they said, feel free to pull up a chair next to his bed and hold his hand. And I went, oh, fuck. I don't think I've ever held my father's hand. But that seems like a good thing to do, I guess. You know, I'm so damaged as a human being as a result of the way I was raised that it wouldn't even occur to me to hold my father's hand. It just wouldn't even, it, that would not register that that's what something people do with their fathers. But, uh, you know, I was in the room alone, and I'll tell you the truth, Robin, I got really uncomfortable. It wasn't good for me to be alone. You didn't because talk to him. I did. I oh, pulled up did. the chair, I held his hand, I rubbed his head, I rubbed his forehead. And I said, Dad, you know, uh, and I was like, oh, shit, maybe he can hear me. Maybe I shouldn't tell him. He's, I mean, I'm not going to tell him he's dying. I mean, that might be nasty. Uh, so I was like, Dad, you know, I only wish we could have bonded or uh, and then he said, what the fuck am I doing? This is his last days on Earth. And I'm telling him, like, our relationship was basically a failure and I'm all of a sudden the, you know I'm a guy who communicates for a living I, I I couldn't communicate I said where's the guy with the clarinet bring him back in here <laughs> yeah my father my father opened up his eyes and went bring back the clarinet guy get out of here you mom but once you 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 know all you ever wanted was to be able to speak freely Nah, I couldn't do it. I could. Yeah. You're so right. I wanted to have a free flowing moment, if you will. And, uh, it was hard for me. I, I, I felt funny, like talking out loud in the room with him dying. And it was just the two of you. It wasn't like somebody was listening. It, it, it was hard for me. I, I, hmm. I, you're making complete sense. What you're saying is rational. 
but I couldn't, like, I couldn't get it together. I talked to him. Okay. I said some things. I, I said, yeah. I, this is my wish. I wish we could have. I said to him, I wish I could have known you better. I wish you could have shared with me. But then I felt like I was criticizing him. So I was like, you know what? But, um, but, but my, you know what I felt good about Robin? My dad what? died doing what he loved best, ignoring me. And, <laughs> and I felt good that I could give him those moments. Those few last moments of ignoring you. Yeah. Well, you but know, I did hold his hand. Stuff. You did hold his hand and that yeah. felt all right. You could do that. Yeah. You yeah, didn't well, get first, self-conscious. The first, my, it took my dad a bunch of days to die, but I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. But, um, I went, I went over and I, the first day I went to hold his hand, I, it felt so foreign to me. I was uncomfortable. Like, and plus I have fear of germs and I know where all that comes from. It's like sometimes I see people as contagions and contagious because when you have a type of situation where the bombs are always being lit in your relationships. You always think you, it, like people are, look like viruses as opposed to something you can get something good out of. So the first day I, I, I held his hand, but it was kind of a wimpy holding of the hand. It wasn't a full holding of the hand. And when I left, I went, I'm going back. I have more to say to my father, and I'm going to really hold his hand. You and, didn't wear um, a glove, did you? you no, actually. I did not wear a glove. <laughs> I did wear a mask. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but... um I held his hand, but fully, you know what I mean? Like I really did. You really took his hand. Yeah, I took his hand and I rubbed his head and, you know. Did you kiss him? I did. Yeah. Oh. I gave him a kiss goodbye. And, That's uh, so it was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough because, like I said, I have a lot of, um, when I was a kid, I needed a hero. You know, I needed, um, someone to guide me, like all children do. And, you know, I, I wish we could have had that together. He would have benefited and I would have benefited. And, and I'm sad about it. I am. And so, you know, going in there, it, it was weird, too, because my family is very strange. I, you know, I've, I've given you glimpses and I always make jokes about it. But I, I remember I went to my mother and my mother said, I said to her, Mom, I think you should go visit dad at the hospice. He's dying. She's like, no, no, I'm not going over there. You know, she didn't want to go. And I said, you're going to regret this. You should go. Do it for me. You should go. Come with me. We'll go over and see dad. She didn't want to go. She didn't want to go. And uh, I said, oh, hey, this is crazy. Then Beth has a friend who works in hospice who said to us, I'm going to tell you something. She didn't know my mother didn't want to go, but she said, it's really strange with when people are dying. And I see it thousands of, you know, this is a woman's worked in hospice her whole life. And I've seen it mm -hmm. for years. Someone is dying, actively dying. They're, they're transitioning and they're hanging on, they're hanging on, they're hanging on. And when the, their, their wife or husband comes, their spouse, their significant other, someone they love, and they just hear their voice and see them or whatever. It's like you're giving them permission to leave. You, you know? And yeah. so, uh, I went, I told my mother, I said, mom, I think that dad, dad is just taking forever to die. 
He's in pain. It's uncomfortable. I think he's waiting for you. And I said, I know that sounds like a bunch of, um, you know, metaphysical bullshit. But these hospice workers are telling me a lot of times this happens. He's waiting. And that still didn't move her to go over there. She wasn't buying into it. But my daughter, Ashley, who's a nurse practitioner, she went over to my mother's place with my daughter, Emily. And they said, Grandma, we're going to go see Grandpa. And Ashley knows how to talk to people because she's, you know, she's a nurse. And uh, my mother got dressed. She went over to see my dad, spent an hour over at the hospice. A couple hours later, my father was dead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's true. And my mom felt good that she went, you know. Of course. And then when they gave me the call that my father died, they called me and uh, they're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, what do you mean? And I had already put some thought into what to do. I had already been in touch with Gutterman's funeral parlor. Thank God I had those guys. That is another place I'm going to thank. Gutterman's. Robin, when you go, I'm sending you right over to Gutterman's. Gutterman's I'm not kidding. The Gutterman's. That's the place. They got, <laughs> they, they took care of everything. They come, they get the body. Yeah. Well, that's what they do. Yeah. I didn't, hey, uh, you know, my parents, my parents, they, they refuse. I never thought I'd have to deal with this. I thought I'd go before them. <laughs> you thought you'd be driving them to the funeral parlor. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what, you know, what do you do? You got this guy laying there. My father didn't weigh much either. Uh, oh. I think he weighed under 140. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me, guy was six foot two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, then I saw some people wrote me. Excuse me for a second. Hold on, I've got a thing going on here. Is that grief? <clears throat> Are you sad? No. <clears throat> <clears throat> You know what I say about a cold? Yeah. What? I don't have a cold. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that, yeah. Remember that yeah. famous saying, uh, a cold is, you know, your body crying. No. <laughs> Robin, it was an emotion. Don't worry. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> no way. So, uh, yeah, Gutterman's funeral, they, uh, they were beautiful. They, they, uh, my man, uh, this guy uh, calls me up, Anthony. He goes, all right, what do you want to do? Blah, 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 funeral. Blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah. We didn't have much of it. I mean, we had a funeral because people wrote me and they said, did you have a funeral? And I, they, like, people thought I wouldn't have a funeral for my father. And I wouldn't say it was a funeral where we invited a lot of people because, quite no, frankly, private, my parents. Right? Yeah. But when I say, yeah. So, uh, it was me. So, yeah. So we got him over. They, they, we picked out the coffin. My daughter did the service. So it was just me, the kids, my nieces, my sister, of course, and my brother-in-law. And, uh, a lovely woman named Ava who was uh, taking care of my dad for a long time. And I think, uh, and the man from Cutterman's, he was there. And uh, I think that was it. 
Who else was there? Oh, and my cousins, uh, Julie and Richie. Uh, that was it. And the clarinet guy, of course. No, he didn't come. But, uh, yeah, so we just stood around the grave, and I talked about my father for about 45 minutes. I think I went on and on and on, told stories about him, because my father loved stories. You know, my father loved a good story. If you told a shitty oh, yeah. story, he'd ridicule you. But I kept it tight. It was a tight 45 minutes. He would have liked this 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, he would have liked it because it was stories, but I didn't go on too long. Because even when I was a little kid, my father goes, you're talking too much. You must tighten <laughs> up your story. It's a bad story. Dad, I'm seven. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. Mehmet wrote me. He, he, I saw uh, he didn't think I'd have a funeral for my dad. I mean, like, what, Mehmet, what do you think of me? Do you think I'm some sort of animal? What's your story with me? Can't hear you, dude. Turn on You're your making mic. perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry about your dad. Thank I, you. I, I liked hearing you speak this morning from the heart about it. It's very nice. No, what I said is I thought he would have a funeral, but I didn't think you would actually go. I just thought like with COVID and everything, you would say, oh, it's fine for me to be there by Zoom or I just send my good thoughts. Oh, like, my God. I didn't think you would. I just no, thought, you all... know, COVID still exists at a funeral. I know you're very locked down. I see what you're saying. And I, like, uh, yeah, I know like at the height of COVID, I know a bunch of guys who lost uh, parents or friends and they, um, yeah, they did everything over Zoom. You're right. But no, we went over, we went over to uh, the funeral home. We uh, viewed the body. That's a whole nother thing. Did you view the body? I wanted to view the body. You know, my really? hang up about death. Yeah. Yeah. I was you like, had to make sure I had to make sure he was dead. So I was pounding on his chest for a while, and he was out. <laughs> that must have been some funeral. You're in the coffin pounding on well, his first, chest. Well, <laughs> first we went over to the funeral home, and, and I, I just assumed I was going to be the only one who wanted to view my father. And I and I turned yeah. to everyone there, you know, my sister and everything, and go, look, I'm going to go view uh, Dad. And uh, and uh, I, I, if anyone wants to come with me, you can, but I'm sure you don't want to. And every one of them wanted to go see him. Huh. Uh, I went to look him over. They did a beautiful job with him. Did he look like your dad? <sighs> Not really. I mean, he was very thin at the end. Yeah. By the way, my father, it turned out, had cancer. Uh, uh, I don't know if I told you this, Rob. I've been talking to Robin about it a lot off the air. but Yeah, yeah. you did mention that they think uh, that they had diagnosed him. Yeah. For a really long time, my father was going to the hospital, and they were like, gee, nothing's wrong with him. But then it turned out he had had prostate cancer, and it had spread to, it. it I'm so bad with this word, metastasized to his bones. Yeah, you got it. And so that's what really did him in. And uh, He had been so healthy all of his life. You know. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. prime, and never really had problems. I've been reading up on prostates. You got to come 27 times a month. Oh, here we go. That's what you read. <laughs> Holy shit. You want to hear this? So, you know, I, I see my father had prostate cancer. I said, you know what? I don't want to fucking get prostate cancer. So I made a vow. What did you do? <laughs> so I told Beth, I said, I need to come 27 times a month. Now, think about that. There's 30 days in a month. I don't even think I could come 27 times at this point in my life. I'm good. Like, even if I jerk off on a regular basis, it has to be every other day. So I'm already behind the eight ball. Well, you should have started um, sooner, apparently. Or maybe yeah, you well, work up to it. Well, you know what I think? I made up for it when I was young because I used to jerk off like three to five times a day. <laughs> so you're not behind. 
You don't see a lot of young dudes with uh, prostate cancer. Because, no, no issues. <laughs> no, they they sleep through the night, the whole thing. Yeah. They're draining but, constantly. God, I used to beat that thing like it was a like a raw roast beef. <laughs> I was constantly beating off. It's crazy. I spent most of my day beating off. And most of my youth was just like thinking about girls, getting a girlfriend, trying to get a girlfriend, trying to get laid. You know. But they say, you got to come 27 times a fucking month. And I'm reading this stat and I'm like, how am I going to do this? So this happened over vacation. So I didn't really discuss it with Beth, but I came up with a program. I knew what I was going to do. I'm going to, because, you know, Beth, Beth is good for at, at the most three times a week. She's not looking for me every day. <laughs> and it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of like, hey, let's go shower. Let's get in the bed. So I figured, let me get on a regimen. I'll jerk off, rest up for a day. Fuck that. Rest a day or two. Jerk off. And I, you know, I figured out I could probably come 15, 16 times a month, not 27. I'm not hitting those kind of numbers. I'm that's just not going to. You could, you know, when you looked yeah. at the stats, that's what you could come up with. And by the way, I want to say good morning to my daughters. I know they're listening this morning. They were anxious. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. So this is particularly comfortable talking about my masturbation. <laughs> it's great. Uh, well, it's health we're talking about. I was talking to my daughter, Deborah, and she's got a long commute to work. And I, I said to her, oh, she listens she, now? Is she no, she goes, gee, dad, it's great. I can listen at, you know, as they drive to work. And I go, uh, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe listen to NPR. Get some news. Who listen else about is Trump. on it? Ryan Seacrest. Listen to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, listen to Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Hear him. Hear him talk about, like, uh, what's in the news. Yeah, according to Men's Health, men should ejaculate at least 21 times a month in order to mitigate their prostate risk. 21 times a month. So listen to what this, did Robin. You, where did you get 27? Are, are you upping the numbers? I got, an, I got another uh, article that says 27. So it's anywhere between. I'm not hitting 21. Never mind 27. <laughs> 21's a better goal. So anyway, then I, so I came up with this routine in my head. I didn't discuss it with Beth. I thought I'd jerk off. You know, just give her a break. And if she could handle one or two times a week, that would be fine. Yeah, that'll be a yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the military, you know, she's got to volunteer for service. I mean, I would fuck her more, but, uh, you know, I don't know that she's up to it. You know, well, I thought a, we had this discussion and she said, too, it's good for her. Yeah, it sounded like she's most comfortable with that. And, and, uh, yeah. and probably the number is one on the air. She probably lied or exaggerated <laughs> a little. Let's be honest. She didn't want to look like she was denying her wifely duties. Uh, so, yeah. So I figured it out. I kind of had it, you know, I didn't make a flow chart or schedule, anything. Right? No, yeah. you didn't write it down and mark it off with an X every time you hit the mark. Well, I started and for about two weeks, I was on a pretty good path. And the last time, well, I got it. And plus, I've been working out and doing my thing. And I don't know, I got into bed and I'm thrusting with Beth. And oh my God, I got the sharpest pain in my lower right hand side. Like, like if her hip or anything would push into my side, I was like, oh, oh my God, I can't even fuck. This hurts so bad. That's not good. I said to Beth, I don't think I can fuck. But I did. I mean, I got through it. I'm not, you know, you, you, you sold you to Han. <laughs> I'm masculine as all hell. Ladies. <laughs> like a trooper out in yeah. the forest. You brought it home. I brought it home. I couldn't leave the woman hanging. 
you know. But uh, now I've taken um, a couple of uh, almost a full week and a half off. I uh, I beat off twice. Really? And, yeah, it was fine. My beating off is fine. I just got to get back in the sack with Beth. So hopefully today. Are I'll you a test little? Uh, I'm a little nervous. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. 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 See, this is the conversation you could have had with your dad. Dad, yeah. <laughs> I had a pain the other night. Now I'm afraid. Oh, fuck that. I never talked to my dad about sex. <laughs> I told you my mother made me go in when I was like 16 or 17. I had already gotten laid. Uh, but uh, I was 16 or something when I got laid. But, you know, she said, you go talk your father. And he just laid there reading the New York Times and said, well, I said, the mom wants me to talk to you. He goes, you know about sex? I go, yeah. I got laid. And he goes, okay. That was oh. it. That was the talk. But, um, you know. Oh, no, I told him, Dad, I know more about sex than you do. He goes, good. Okay. <laughs> then you don't need me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was probably right. He was fucking my mother the whole time. What could he know? Good Lord, those two. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my dad. So my dad technically died, I guess, of cancer. But. Uh, but he was what? 99 90? years old. Wow. He made it to 99. He made it uh, a couple of days past his 99th birthday. Almost 100. Almost 100. He's seen a lot of shit go down. Yeah. But uh, I got to say his last couple of years, they weren't horrible. I mean, like, you know, he ate and he, you know, but it just was like. He had a stroke. Living. Yeah, it wasn't living. He would tell you that. It was it was tough to see. But thank you to these hospice people and the hospital people, you know, Dr. Schlafmitz and I should mention every one of the doctors because they're such lovely people. This should be these people need an award. They need they, an yeah. Academy yeah. Award. Yes, thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank yeah. you. They should be thanked. You're not fucking kidding. You're not kidding. But yeah, as far as my dad goes, it's uh, now I'm dealing with my mom. With it? Are you are you working through these feelings that came up? As well, I was working. Of- yeah, I was working with the psychiatrist, and uh, but he went away on his vacation. They oh. do that in August. So. Yes, they do. Today we're picking back up because I but, do think there's a lot to unpack, like to yeah. move forward. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about my father. I, I'm consumed with thinking about him in a box, you know, underground. Oh, my God. Why do you and What do his that? body looks like. And, I'm like, now he's a slab of meat laying underground. And I'm he's all fucked up. He's not there. That's no, just the body. I know, I know. But it's weird. I have these weird, like, thoughts. My father was married to my mother for 75 years. Now, she decided not to go to our little funeral. She didn't. And everyone, yeah, everyone's like, what? But, you know, she's in such bad shape. She's not in horrible shape. It's like, she's in pain all the time. But and I can't figure, but so, you know, she gets morphine and things like that. Oof. But she's all there, but she keeps telling me she's not. She's fogged up. And that might be long-term COVID. I don't know what's going on. Or there. it's morphine. You know, morphine yeah. doesn't leave you with, uh, you know, it has a... A way of making a haze out of life. Ah, oh, I should tell her that. That's good to know. I need that haze. I'm hoping for morphine when I go. I'd like to experience it. A lot of people are experiencing that haze right now. I know. Well, I'm afraid to start experiencing (laughs) it now. 
But um, And my dad had uh, Nathan's on his 99th birthday. Thank you, Nathan's. They helped me out with that. And uh, he didn't eat his usual three hot dogs. He had like a half a hot dog. I should have known he was dying. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's very weird, you know, because, you know, you're an old dude and you think like, well, it shouldn't affect you this much, but it does. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or how old Why he was. Why would you think that? Well, because you kind of, you kind of think like, geez, I've had so much time with my, I have more time with my father than would have thought, but it, it, it's, it's irrelevant. It's almost like my brain doesn't know that. It's just. But there's also all of this unresolved, undelivered communication, unresolved right. emotions that lasted this whole time. Well, that's the hard part. Confronting all that. Now I'm the old guy in the family. I used to feel young, you know. Now I'm all of a sudden. The You're dude the in patriarch. Charge. Oh, my God. I am, like, so busy with, like, my father left the will. And then if my mother needs money from the bank, I you know, so I had to prove to the bank that my father's dead. I have to prove, you know, whatever investments my father had, I have to, you know, it's like I had to get 12 death certificates from the funeral home, from Gutterman's. Jay. Yeah. Yeah. How many times does this guy have to die? Well, I had, to, <laughs> I had to prove to like a lot of people that he was dead and that I'm taking care of my mother's situation. Don't ask what goes on all day in my life. I'm so busy. I don't really have time for this radio show. I should be busy <laughs> tending to my mother's needs. And then I feel horrible because kind of would, I would even want my mother to move in with me, but I know she doesn't want that. And yeah, she's alone sad. now. Yeah. Well, she's got, she's got people in and out. I of there, mean, but, just like her partner is yeah. gone. You, you want her to move in. Beth and I were talking about it this morning, but we don't see that that would work for her for a bunch mm -hmm. of different reasons, but. Mm -hmm. Beth's very open to it. She loves my mother so much. Um, and boy, does your mother love Beth. Oh, God. You think she know. would want to do that. Yeah, there's this weird thing going on. I told you. I think I told you on the air. Maybe I didn't. Maybe yeah, I told you yeah. off the air that, like, I go over there and I'm doing everything. You know, I do everything for my mother. And, and she turns to Beth. She goes, Beth, thank you. Thank you for everything. <laughs> You're my angel. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that my mother loves Beth so much. It's wonderful. But Jesus Christ, even Beth gets embarrassed. <laughs> She's like, what did I do? I go, I don't know what you're doing. And she seems to be more enamored with you and what and what you're doing for her. And Beth will even say to my mother, you know, Howard does everything. I was even directing my mother in terms of like the bank and what to do financially and blah, 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 blah. And then she turns to Beth and she goes, do you think what he's telling me is good advice, Beth? I go, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. I've almost missed that. Yeah. Don't pay attention. <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah. I go, and then I was like, what does she think? I'm a criminal? What am I trying to <laughs> what steal are you trying her to money? Do to her? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, you know, it's time for me to go. Oh my God. I went to go see my mother. Now, for me to go see my mother, you know, I, I live pretty far away from my mother. I got to get in the car and really go for a fucking good hour and a half, two hours sometimes in traffic. And <laughs> and I get there and I'm talking to my mother and I'm going over everything. And this time I went alone. This time Beth didn't come with me. And then my mother goes, I have to go to the bathroom. And that's a whole to do because the aides got to help her into the bathroom and stuff. And then my mom, my mom's in the bathroom 
And she says to the aide, when's Howard going to leave? Oh, my God. And I'm listening. Oh, I go, dear. I go, goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours in the car for that. Whew. How long yeah. were you there? Uh, half hour. <laughs> it was enough. She had enough. That's what wow. I'm saying. I don't think she'd want to live with me, honestly. It'd be Is around all the time. Yeah. The weird thing about my family is that's that's the weird thing about my family. Yeah, like yeah. everyone rushes to get away from each other. And I've kind of um that's sort of my that's what I think is love. Like when you don't burden people by staying too long. That's my version of love. Leave quick. Yeah. We have um we have people over for dinner. We have napkins now that say uh, on the napkin. You know those little cocktail napkins when sure. you give someone a drink. When on the, the, on, when they get there, you give them the drink and the, the cocktail drink napkin and a little yeah. and a little cocktail napkin. On the yeah. napkin it says, um, "Please leave by nine p.m." <laughs> so That's as soon true. as they get there, they know get there's a here. time limit. Yeah, drink up get and eat here. up. Yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> That's love. Eat up and get out. That's the way to be. Get out of here. What a crazy summer, man. It was just crazy with my dad. Oh, and was Beth, listen to this. I got to give a shout out to someone named, uh, um, uh, Jimmy Fallon and his wife, Nancy. You mean the guy on TV? The guy on TV. Listen to this. My wife's birthday, it was her 50th. And I made a. Amazing. Um, First of all, that's amazing. Yeah, I know it's amazing. Can you believe I marry? I'm married to a fifty year old. I'm Howard to Stern. A fifty year old. We decided that you couldn't be married to a fifty year old. I, I told my wife. Ago. I've never fucked anybody so old. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I go. I must really love you if I'm willing That's to right. do that. Didn't you remember that talk we had? You know, you, right. you shouldn't do that. I'm in show business. I'm supposed to be getting a third wife by now. That's right. Yeah, I told her. But I love you, so I'm staying with you. Well, I saw that picture that was on Instagram. She's yeah. so beautiful. And it was such a lovely picture. The two Which of one? It was her hair was wet, I think. Yeah. And you were, you know, you're doing your usual, you almost can't see you. Yeah. And your heads are together. It was just a beautiful uh, picture. Yeah, yeah. That's me hiding my face. <laughs> but i could tell I, it was uh, you. it's really weird i told uh leonardo dicaprio how old beth was he threw up he physically <laughs> threw up <laughs> do you he notice goes, that he just he just got rid of another <laughs> yeah. girlfriend in yeah. the 20s and now he's back on the party yeah. boat absolutely he knows he he said listen don't you know you're in show business <laughs> <laughs> what's the point if you're uh no nah, but yeah she looks great yeah, Beth's Instagram was very sexy this summer. She was selling um the, that T-shirt for charity. She's mm -hmm. running around in a bikini, picking up garbage on the beach in a bikini. Come on, baby. Um, she looked good. I'll tell you that, man. I'm very attracted. I don't know how she's attracted to me, but well, she looked like she loved you in that picture. She has a way of looking like that. Yeah. Well, listen, she was a professional model. She knows how to put that look on. <laughs> You didn't see the nausea uh, after. Oh. That's right. No, no, we, it's great. Listen, she's nervous. I got to come twenty-seven times a month. 
The hard part. You know about what this. I thought about? Wait a minute. I got to tell you something. I thought about that after we had that talk about the 27 times a month. I said, wait a minute. I don't know who did this research. I don't really right. even think there was research. This is just a bunch of guys who now have a, a license to demand sex from their wives because you know it's what, for though? their health. First of all, let me tell you something. It's the reason guys are dying from prostate cancer. It's impossible when you get to a certain age to have fucking sex 27 times a month. It's an unreasonable a goal. A lot of so, guys can't even get it up. How are they right. going to do it? That's right. That's right. I have no problem. I don't take any Viagra. I'm fucking hard a lot. I'm hard a lot. But it's fucking crazy trying to figure out how you're going to come 27 times a month. It is insane. I bet you if you ask all the young guys, the younger yeah. guys, because nobody's young around here anymore. Right. <laughs> the younger guys, they're not keeping up with those stats. Chris uh, Wilding told me he comes once a day, you know. Yeah, but that's by himself. Yeah, because he's afraid of monkeypox. You know, he, <laughs> he is. He's like, oh. what am I supposed to do? So, uh, did you see the picture of that dude over the summer who got monkeypox and his nose is gone? Did you see that fucking guy? Yes. Oh my god, oh, terrible! Yeah, nose looked like it was like um, a mushroom. And you're not but supposed anyway. to worry about monkeypox. There's a vaccine that nobody can get. Well, somebody told me a certain doctor friend of ours that if you're born before 1972 and we were all vaccinated for uh, smallpox, we're safe. Oh. Uh, so it's these, um, people who were born after 1972 that have a, an issue. I hope that's, I don't know. Maybe I heard it wrong. I hope I heard it right. I didn't hear that. I'll yeah. have to look that up. Cause that's yeah. been another, oh, let me get back into my cocoon. Monkey pox. Monkey fucking pox. And man, that shit looks nasty. <laughs> so, um, even the name is nasty. Yeah. So this whole common 27 times, you know. I just, it's crazy. I mean, I'm already repeating certain, uh, you porn, uh, videos trying to keep mm -mm. up with this, this, uh, this stat. <laughs> I seem to be mostly into lesbians these days. Really? I want to see two girls. Don't want to see a guy's dick in my fucking porn. And I noticed something too. The girls who do porn, lesbian porn are better looking than the girls who have sex with dudes. That, um, there's some sort of thing where really good-looking girls only want to have sex with other girls. They don't want to do hardcore penetration videos with dudes. Well, let's some put reason. it this way, Howard. They don't have to have sex with guys. They right. can but have it, sex with other girls. Yeah, but what does that tell you? I mean, it's like, so they're like, I, you know what? I'm good-looking enough. I don't have to do a guy on film. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Is that horrible? <laughs> Although you see the guys in porn, you know, some of them are really hurting. It's like they almost look like they're, you know, they fell yeah, off the like spectrum. They should be on a wanted poster is what they Yeah, 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 like. yeah. <laughs> I thought I saw that guy at the post office on a board. <laughs> yeah. Baby, oh, that's great. Oh, man. So when my dad had the funeral, or when I had the funeral for my dad, my dad didn't have the funeral, I, um, let me see if I can find it clip a clip did you record the funeral no well actually uh yeah but um <laughs> well i i opened up i took out my iphone and i played uh you'll never walk alone everyone was in tears oh 
my dad singing. Yeah. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. And then my iPhone cut out in the middle of it. It kept cutting out. And then, I, thank God, I backed it up twice. But I don't know why. It never happens, but it kept cutting out. It's like it was almost a sign. Did you get a don't call? Play or don't play that too much. Uh, no, every once I, in a while on that stupid phone, a call or a text will come in and it'll interrupt what you're listening to. Let me see if I can Ready, Ellen, go ahead. We're going to play that same song. So wait a minute, Shut up. Sit down. down. <laughs> One of the good times. <laughs> <laughs> Who can forget? When you night, keep your head up high. What a funeral. And don't let the sun shining through. At the end of each day, there's a golden sun. The stars <laughs> will be shining through. Oh, on through the wind, <laughs> on through the rain, and you'll I don't know what she's playing there. No. It's her fault. <laughs> I love that for so many reasons. You know, I'm sitting there listening to it now and I'm like, does he realize nothing he's singing makes sense? At the end of a day, there's a golden sun. I know. It, you know, he's winging it. <laughs> but, but at uh, least it should make sense. Yeah. So many weird stories. It would take me like 17 hours to get through it. But like even even like when my mom went to visit my dad on his deathbed. Um, he, Did she like hold he, his hand? Well, yeah, he had been, he had been literally unconscious the whole time, not eating or anything, just laying there. He opened his eyes, he cried, and then closed his eyes again. So he wow. actually responded. It was crazy. Crazy. But, um, yeah. So he's gone. I'm half an orphan now. So you're looking at someone who, it's practically an orphan, Robin. You should feel bad. Well, I'm me. a whole orphan. Oh, that's right. And proud of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> yeah, it's all crazy. It I, is crazy. So, like, after the funeral, because my mom didn't go, I brought everyone back to her apartment, thinking that, you know, she'd want to see everyone. And uh, I sat down, and I have to use a microphone to talk to my mother, because she can't hear anything. So, mm. I got this device, you talk into a microphone Go, mom. She goes, how was it? How was it? That's how she talked now. And I go, that was very beautiful, mom. I'd like to tell you about it. In fact, um, 
I'm going to tell you. And I start telling her about it, and she starts zoning out. I don't even know if she cared. I don't know. I don't think it was important to her. And then I said, I, so I, I said, and then I played Dad singing, You'll Never Walk Alone, and I'd like to play it for you now. She goes, okay, looking kind of annoyed. And then I played it for her, and she went, like like 30 seconds in, she goes, okay, enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, that went over big. Oh, boy. Turn up, turn up tattletales. I'm in the middle of it. Are you in the middle of card sharks or something? Yeah. Trying to get her attention. By the way, guys, my mom's single now, if anyone's looking. (laughs) Is she on Uh, the prowl? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Imagine married 75 years. Unbelievable. I can't imagine married for a minute. I know, I know. You, you'd have a hard time with one minute. Imagine 75 years. But now she's like, you know, your father was a good man. I never had to worry about him cheating. I go, yeah, I know. I saw him. No problem. Uh, it was always home. <laughs> yeah. He came home right after work. Yeah. Where was he going to go? Studio 54? <laughs> Nobody was looking for him. He married the right guy. Now she sees him sitting on her bed. I hear a lot of older people who have been together for a long time that uh, they imagine these visitations. Yeah. Yeah. I go, yeah, he's here now. That's right. I see him. I go, what's he wearing? He's wearing a blue shirt. Really? Because, mom, no offense. I didn't bury him in a blue shirt. I don't know where he got that. I buried yeah, him in a suit my sister picked. Yeah, he got a wardrobe in heaven that you don't yeah. know about. <laughs> Ellen picked out the suit that my sister picked out the suit he wore in the shirt, and it was a white shirt. Well, he's wearing a blue shirt. <laughs> I said, "No offense, I'm calling bullshit." <laughs> Would you leave her alone? Mm-hmm. What's he doing now, Mom? He just called you a moron. <laughs> oh, good. All right. It's him. It's him. I mean, even that when I when I go to play, you never walk alone, and it's like, and then he's he can't even get through that without yelling at me. Yelling, go ahead. We're gonna play that same song. So wait a minute. Shut up. Sit down. (laughs) Shut up. Sit down. Then you hear my mother in the back. What's wrong with you two? You could hear by my voice. I'm probably about five years old. Yeah, at at the very most, because it's a very high voice. That man knew how to shut me up. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> Why did I have don't to sit down? Stand and don't yeah. talk. What I I know I shut up. I, that I get. All right, <laughs> but the sit down part is the most humiliating. Why do I have to sit down? You sit down. <laughs> shut up. And the voice is shut up. Oh, like screeching. It's oh, a oh, screeching oh. sound. Yeah. Ready, Ellen? Go ahead. We're going to play that same song. So why did we get Shut up! Sit down! Oh, what's wrong go ahead. with you, too? What's wrong with you, what? too? What? what? Couldn't you take my side in that argument? Shut up! Sit down! And my mom's on. Pete Davidson called my mom five times this week for a date. Ah. I know. He said he didn't want to date any more famous women, though. Your mother's sort of famous. <laughs> I like that my dad, you know, he was upset because he had to get to that song that he mutilated. 
You know what I mean? Like, like, like shut up, <laughs> yeah. sit down. Like, you know, something important's going on. It's like, not like maybe he's Whitney Houston or Adele. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get into the zone to sing. <laughs> there was no zone. You missed it. Heaven forbid I speak over that wonderful singing voice. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin the song. On family day. Yeah. The worst part of the whole death thing is too, like, so I went over to his desk. My father loved his desk way more than he loved me. My father loved his desk. He you loved have no to... idea how your father felt about you. Let's say that. Uh, you can say that. I'm not saying <laughs> that. I know exactly how he felt about me. But my dad had, my dad loved his desk. He never had anywhere to put his things when he was a little boy growing up. He had horrible uh. poverty. And so when he was old enough, he got a desk, a secretary, they call it a secretary desk where there's little compartments uh, uh, and, and cubby holes yeah. and he had all yeah. this stuff. So I sat down at his desk and now Where's I got to go. desk? Is it at the apartment? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I bought it for him. I, it was a different desk than he had in the house, but oh, okay. you know, and I went and everything was meticulously there, you know, like everything in its space and drawers and blah, blah, blah. I could find everything, but I had to take everything and put it in a bag and bring it to my house. So I had to go through all this shit. Mm. What'd you find? Um, oh man. So much stuff. Like, just his financial stuff, his papers. But, like, the most heartbreaking thing is, I go through my, I'm going through my desk stuff, and I find his wallet. And um, in his wallet, there was a little piece of paper with some stuff written down on it. And I took a look at it. It was a little tiny piece of paper. And you know what it was? What? The place I have them in, there's a cafeteria. And my father, when he when he had a stroke, he couldn't really talk anymore that much. And he liked to eat the same thing every day for lunch. It was a piece of paper where he wrote out what he wanted for lunch. And he wow. carried it in his wallet. And uh, and he'd show it to the waiter. This is what I want. That fucking wrecked me. That mm. really made me sad. You know, same thing every day, the order. And sometimes he'd go down without my mom, especially when she started getting sick. So... He'd go on his own and he'd show them that piece of paper. So I got the piece of paper that I kept. Yeah. The one thing I wanted, my father was in love with his fountain pen. He loved fountain pens. Mm, I didn't and know I thought, he was a fountain pen man. Yeah, that's you know how I'm obsessed with fountain pens. Yeah. My father never shared that with me. He never said to me, hey, I'm into these pens. Here's why I never had a discussion with him about it. But I'd watch him sit at his desk at that desk he loved. And I see him, see him at that desk and he's writing with that fountain pen that he filled so carefully and, and he had the blotter and everything. And I and I go, oh, if my father felt about me the way he feels about that pen and that desk. And I said, you know, it, it, I'm jealous of a desk. You know, uh, how do I compete with that desk? How do I get my an father's object. love? You're jealous yeah. of an object. Yeah. My sibling was an object. And how would I get his attention? And how do you compete with a desk and a pen? But he loved that pen so much, I thought, well, if the, I don't really want anything of my father's. Um, but if I had one object, it would be a pen. I would like to have his pen. And I'm going through his desk, no pen. And I said to um, um, Ava, who uh, works with my parents, Where's the pen? She goes, I've never seen it here. So somewhere along the line, my father lost that pen or I don't know what happened. He only had one? 
there was no other and or if there were it was it was gone maybe there were one or two pens but everything was and i was so sad i was like oh shit that would have been something yeah but because you would have loved that pen yeah it would have been my connection he did yeah i went through his stuff i found a bunch of tie tacks I wore his tie tack with the letter B on it to when I buried him. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of meaningful to me. And I have a bunch of little things and th- that I'll distribute pro- mostly to my brother-in-law and uh, maybe my kids and my nieces. You know, little I, you know what he was mo- I didn't realize how proud he was of this. He had just gotten a certificate in the mail 75 years in the IBEW union, you know the oh, the that was his union. Sure. He loved I, that union. That crazy union called, what was it? It's an International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. For some reason, I guess the old radio engineers had to be a member of that. Yeah. And um, he had a pin um, that um, commemorated his long-term relationship with the union. Mm-hmm. So I had that. I don't know. And in the certificate, I feel weird throwing it out. I'm not going to, I'll give it to somebody, someone who wants it. Or just save it somewhere. Yeah. Something to look at from yeah. the past. Because I was talking to one of my daughters. She goes, she goes, oh, I would want something like that mm-hmm. of grandpa's. So I said, oh, okay. So I'll talk to everyone and see what everyone wants. My dad had about three watches, all of which I had given him. I have those. I was going to send them to my brother-in-law, you know, see mm-hmm. if he wants to wear them. But they're not particularly great watches, but. You know, I don't know. I got to go through all that. So I got it sitting here in the house. But it, everything was in this wooden box. It wasn't a particularly nice wooden box, but I'll keep that for myself, maybe. Uh-huh. It's kind of a junky box. And then, um, and I've never talked about this on the air before, but my father, you know, my father had so many admirable traits, honestly, that uh, that I, I, I admired greatly that um, my father was handicapped. And I've never spoken, you know this, Robin, but I've yeah. never spoken about it on the air. My father had a glass eye. And um, it was a very strange thing for me growing up with that. Because I told you my father really didn't have the kind of relationship with me where he talked to me about anything. We never had a substance, a substantive, how do you say that word? Substantive. Uh, show off. Substantive. <laughs> um conversation and uh nothing about his life i told you never never called me son never said how are you it was a very cold relationship and i remember when i was a little boy i must have been i don't know how old maybe i'm gonna say somewhere between five and seven there was a kid on my block who came up to me and he says hey your father has a glass eye and i go fuck you you fucking moron. What are you talking about? And I beat the shit out of this prick. Because he was like kind of attacking me with it. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. And I just said, that's ridiculous. I know he doesn't. My father has two eyes. I see that. And I went home and I took a good look at him. And I realized one of his eyes was a little kind of cockeyed. And I said to myself, hmm. I, I didn't want to even think about it. I didn't. I don't know why. I didn't want to think. I, I just accepted that he did not have one. And you could ask about it. No. Fuck no. My father, you didn't ask him anything. Because uh, he could blow up. Mm-hmm. He just, he just, 
I was afraid to talk to him about it. We didn't talk about it. So I kept my mouth shut. And I got to tell you, to the age of about, now I'm guessing, I must have been about, mm, I don't know how old it was when I finally, maybe I was, maybe I was 13 or so. I decided, you know, I started to look in my parents' bedroom through all their stuff. To, to get to know them a little bit, because I didn't really know them. And I thought, well, if I look through their things, maybe I'll get to know them. And I remember when they would leave the house to go out, I would run into their bedroom. I'd look for my dad's porn, see what he was into. I would look through uh, uh, their drawers, go through them thoroughly. And one day, I came upon my father's glass eye. I guess he had a spare. Wow. And I saw it. And it shook me. I was like, fuck, there it is. And I was shaking. I was shaking. So, uh, you know, but I kept my mouth shut. I never asked about it. And then when I think I was in college, college, mind you, over 18, I came home and I said to my mother, Mom, I got to ask you something. I finally worked up the nerve to say to my mother, I said, Mom, how did Dad get his glass eye? She looked at me. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. You ask your father. That's his story to tell if you want to know that. <sighs> and then I was like, oh, fuck. This went well. <laughs> like, why? Why is this such a secret? Why is this such a family secret? What is going on here? Why am I such a fucking shit stain on this human planet that i that i can't even be told this what's wrong with me thought there was something wrong with me why can't anyone talk to me about this kind of stuff what's the fucking secret here and i've always been paranoid about eyes and in fact i wear glasses um i i i'm the type of person i do i never want to be in this world without glasses i feel it's a protection over my eyes I've always felt that way. I'm very hung when up on eyes. When did you start wearing glasses? Did you have glasses Fourth as a grade. Child? Fourth, Fourth grade. Fourth grade. And I'm, I'm convinced it was like kind of a thing like I needed to wear glasses. I wanted protection. And I always wore shades when I was a kid. They used to call me shades of blue, and I know why. I just yeah. wanted, I wanted dark glasses. That comforted me. So, you know, going through my dad's stuff, uh... So did it you was, ever find out how he lost his life? Well, yeah. Uh, I think I went back to my mother years later and I said, really, I am very curious about dad. And I don't, you know, I couldn't go to my father and ask him. There's no way. I could never ask my father. Even when you we, were doing the documentary, you couldn't talk to him about that? I think maybe I did. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't think I did. It was a tough subject. But anyway, I asked my mother, and she said when he was a little boy, there was some sort of accident where he was messing around with um, film, like a piece of film, and he put it in a jar, and he, he lit it on fire, oh. and it exploded. And I'm sure in those days, they probably, you know, he probably got glass in his eye, and they removed the eye, but, I, you know. It, wow. um, I, I found out the story from her, 
And then finally, at some point in my father's life, I did ask him about it, and he did say some things. But what I found so admirable about my father, and this is why I wanted to know him that much more. It's not because I hated my father. I love my father. I wanted to be like my father. And this guy, in spite of the fact that he had that, he still joined the military during World War II. Yeah, I don't think they, they, that wasn't an exception or one eye. He, they didn't want to let him in the military. He insisted. Oh. And, uh, you know, but he couldn't, um, he couldn't go into a lot of situations because of the handicap, mm-hmm. but he still wanted to serve and had to put his career on hold. But my, what was most uh, fascinating to me is that when I'd watch him drive, he never had a pro. He was an excellent driver. He read the paper every day. He functioned and never once complained about his situation. Mm-hmm. Never once had to live his whole life with that handicap and probably with the horror of knowing that he, you know, he did this to himself. And he, he just, he did not give any complaint whatsoever, ever. And I admired him for that so much that he could be so have such a spirit to you know just to just fit in and, not, and, and go on yeah, with his and life go on without, he never yeah. blamed uh, he never said i'm a handicapped or, person this is stopping me from doing this oh i wish or you know yep. if yep. it only was this way this wouldn't be happening all of that stuff that people yeah. can get into yeah so uh yeah going through his stuff i found that i found his ib whatever the union is that uh, he loved yeah forget um, the, what they used to call that union Ayatsi yeah, or something. I yeah, know something it. like that. And I didn't yeah. understand. Well, it's IB. Why is I, the B not mentioned? Brotherhood, international brotherhood. But I, I don't know. But, it, you know, anyway, he was a member of that. He was real. I didn't know he was that proud of that. And then, you know, when I found in his wallet, this was heartbreaking to me. My father had a company called Aura Recording. It was a recording yeah. studio. That's what he did for a living. He had his business card from Aura Recording. It was all tattered, practically oh, wow. disintegrated. And it said Ben Stern. And it said Aura Recording. So even as an old man, even way after he was retired, he, that was his identity. He it was, that. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Because he retired early. Yeah. He hadn't been at that business for a long, yeah. long time. Retired in his 50s. Was forced into yeah. retirement. But, uh, yeah. And I said to Beth, I don't know what to do with my dad's eye. I don't want to keep it. You have it. I have it. I have his stuff. Wow. I think, I, so she goes, maybe it would be fitting to throw it, go to the beach and throw it in the ocean. I go, my father didn't like the ocean. I don't want to put him in there. <laughs> you want to put him in the ocean? Yeah. Well, take it to the racetrack. He would love to be there. <laughs> well, where, do I, where do I put it? Like, do I put it? Oh, <laughs> well, you have to put it in the track, right? You have to dig a little hole and, yeah. or in the paddock. What, you know, wherever there's, like a an area where the horses don't trod. Yeah, but what about well, then? Maybe an eyeball tree will grow. If uh, <laughs> I know, like like Beth goes throw it in the ocean. I go the ocean. Some poor fish will choke to death on it. Or right, something you know. horrible will happen. Yeah, people always doing shit like that. Yeah, I'm gonna throw ashes. I'm gonna throw uh, b- b- eyeballs in the ocean. I mean, you, you you look in that ocean. It's like a sewer. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, uh, see, I, I did, before I, here's, here's, here's a 
clip from my dad. We know the proper modulation one. Testing, testing. One, two. Now, we are now testing this out for proper modulation. As you will know, when you record, the proper modulation that is required is for the electric eye, which is a green type of tube, will open and close as we record. Now I will play this back to hear the quality whether, and whether this is operating. Thank you. Um, here's my dad interviewing me about global politics when I was seven years old. Do you feel that the United States should remain in the United Nations as a member of the United Nations? Howard? Yes, I really do. Uh, is there any sp special reason why you feel that they should? Well, there should be peace in all the countries and we wouldn't have we want any war. Because we don't want the Japs anymore. <laughs> I told you not to be stupid, you moron. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Oh, here's an interesting clip in light of the fact my father now is in the great beyond. Here's my father talking about what happens when we die. Oh. Okay. No, you don't meet nobody. <laughs> I don't believe. Listen, that sometimes dying is a relief. It finishes the whole thing. You know, nobody knows the answers. The biggest minds in the world. There's no, not. Look, there's, a, there's a higher power. Yeah, but there's no personal God. Why do you go to temple? I mean, you you are a religious man. Why do you All go? Right, I'll tell you why. I go. If you don't believe there's a God, I was brought up in it. It's a it's a tradition. And I don't believe in a personal God, because people are looking for something. What are you looking for? Right. And the only thing that you have, if you think it's important, you were given a place on earth and take care of this place, which nobody takes care of anyway. I thought that was very wise. The only thing we know is we're born into this world. We know that for sure. And somehow we ended up here, and then we piss all over the one place we were born into. Uh, he, my father did. I told you, I interviewed my father. He cared about the future of the planet. I hope the world woke up. I hope they decided that what's happening to the Earth is bad for you. That global warming is true. It's happening. You can't stick your head in the mud. All these things that are happening. See, there's a philosophy. As long as I get by, let the next one worry about it. That's not right. You gotta leave something for somebody. You're only here as a tenant. You're not here forever. And I read in the papers what, what people are doing to each other in the same country. I mean, it, it, it's like insanity, but uh, at least the part of, that the world is involved, they gotta start waking up. He was kind of like Greta Thunberg before Greta Thunberg. He was, he but was, he was Greta... always a very thoughtful you? man, you know? Yeah. He would see the big picture. Yeah, That's he was what a bright I loved guy. About listening to him, he he really saw a bigger picture. He wasn't so me centered as uh, the rest of the world is. Yeah, he sounds like an amazing man. I wish I had met him. Uh, I would love to have known him a little bit. Yeah, you uh, know, when you were telling that story about your dad's eye, you yeah. reminded me of my uncle right. on my mother's side. He lost a hand. Right. And nobody would ever speak about it, right? You know, mm -hmm. he walked around and he just wore a bandage over this stump. Mm. And yet he could do everything. You know, he was a truck driver 
And, you know, he tied his own shoes. You know, he had shoes with shoelaces. He tied his shoes. He put on his clothes with buttons and whatever. And it was fascinating to a little girl that this guy was able to do all that stuff. And you don't know how and how did he learn and what happened to his hand. And nobody would talk about it. And one day, I don't know how, we were sitting together. And I love this guy and really love talking to him and hanging out with him. And I said, how did you lose your hand? And he told me all about the accident. He was not supposed to be driving. He was a young kid. And he decided, you know, he loved vehicles. And he took this car for a joyride and lost his hand in an accident. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, like I said, like you said, he never complained about it. He did everything. He went on about his life. And he actually took off the bandage, showed me the stump. Showed wow. me how he rebandaged it every day by himself, using his teeth teeth to to cut the tape and all of that stuff, and huh. and it was no big deal anymore, you know. Right. And it made me feel so close to him yeah, that we actually were able to have that conversation. I hear you. Yeah, man, that was like the thing that. Both of you were robbed, you know, that's the thing you have, you know, you sort of indicated it earlier when you were talking, that your father was robbed of a relationship, and so were you. Yeah, well, my dad uh, told me he loved me on the air. Remember that? We kind of badgered him into it, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. He did, he did, <laughs> he did, he did. He did. He, Look, he, he was proud he of me. He finally broke down and admitted yeah. it. <laughs> it was at the, um, uh, what the fuck was I doing? I think it was... Um, it was, uh, I, I gave a press conference criticizing the censorship and the FCC after the Janet Jackson Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction. Mm. And then my dad called into the show to tell me he was proud of me, which was a nice moment. But, uh, yeah. I won't bore you. He with the knew clip. you were his son. He might not have said it, but he yeah. knew. But anyway, it was real sad burying him. And I loved him yeah. and I worshiped him. I mean, I thought he was, you know, he was my hero. I wanted to be like him. I even uh, think your OCD has something to do with that. Yeah, how how so? When you talk about how meticulous his desk was kept. Yeah. And, you know, that he had all of these routines and rituals. Oh, yeah. That's your OCD. That's a way you could be close to your dad. There you go. That's a good theory. I like that theory. I like your new glasses. By the way, uh, these are you, uh, old glasses, actually, because I can't wear the old prescription, ah. and so everything was blurry in that. So I, but I like I your look is what I'm saying. My new glasses, yeah. I like your look. By the way, I know you've uh, you went on that summer school thing that Gary was doing while we were on vacation, and you were talking about your uh, your health regimen and diet. Um, mm-hmm. You've lost a lot of weight. I see it in your face. Yeah, Looking quite I think, sexy. Well, thank you. What's going on? I mean, how many <laughs> pounds have you? On? Well, I mean, well, you I think are... I had lost twenty pounds when we last were on the air, and I've lost right. twenty more. Jesus, you must feel good. Looking I do feel good, good, Robin. I can move around a lot better. I can, you know, like I just feel much better. I'm much happier, and I feel healthier. That's yeah. what I was looking for, is to feel healthy. Nice. I'm getting blood to flow right good. now. Lenny Dykstra says he's getting blood flow right now. Based I'm on getting blood flow right now. 
Lenny Dykstra. How's the slot? Lenny Dykstra. How's the slot? Your boyfriend. You know. <laughs> thank goodness uh, I have a boyfriend. I'll never be alone. Anyway, I want to thank everyone on the staff. All right. I want to thank everyone on the staff for sending me condolence cards. Um, that was really sweet. I'm not going to goof on. I was going to read a few of them on the air, but I'm not going to do that. No. I'm not going to belittle the situation. I'm not going to ridicule the situation. It was very nice. Although I was angry. I had to open them all up and read them. <laughs> you and, didn't want the cards? That <laughs> you know what? I, I, I tell you, it was kind of a burden, honestly. <laughs> And like so many emails and texts when my father died, I was like, fuck, I'm such a moron. First of all, I did an interview for Dan's paper, yeah, which is a little local paper out in the Hamptons because they put my artwork on the cover. I did their cover over the summer. And I said, yeah, you know, beautiful cover, beautiful painting, by the way. Thank you. And I said, and I said, look, you know, they said to me, uh, what are you working on now? I said, oh, I'm working on a painting. Uh, these old barns, I just lost my father, and it kind of reminds me of uh, my father. Like uh, I'm inspired by the idea that there are these old things that have value, and now we're tearing them down. They're gone forever. There's no record of them, and I want to, I want to keep a record of these barns because I thought they were so beautiful in their, in their old age. They just were half, they they were dilapidated, and yet I saw the beauty in them. You know, I was being a, a little emotional. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know, when I said that, I wasn't even thinking because, first of all, I should have said my father died on here first. That's the rule. Like I tell J.D., don't go on right. Twitter. Don't go anywhere else. But, you know, we were on summer vacation and I was just, you know, just my father. I just lost my father and it was on my mind. And so I broke the rule and I used Dan's paper in a way to break the news. And then it became big news kind of that my father had died. Yeah. And yeah. I started hearing from everyone. And I was so fucking annoyed. <laughs> I know people say they're comforted, but when during death, like if to get like a, a letter or something to, I am the opposite way. And I know there's something wrong with me because I'm like, why are people bothering me with this? Now I got to write something back. <laughs> so I came up with a thing and I wrote everyone back. You know what I mean? When I say yeah. I came up with a thing, like I'm not going to write a note. A new thought to every person. To every person. It's personal. Right. right. <laughs> I can't believe you got annoyed. That's the funniest I did. thing about you. I got to be honest. I found it very fucking intrusive. <laughs> and it was one more thing for me to have to do. Don't forget, I'm still dealing with my mom. And it was like, you know, I'm busy running around. I mean, I must spend hours a day on this woman. And, uh, you know, now I'm writing back to people. Richard Christie sent me like two. I don't want, listen, I'll be honest with you, Robin. I don't want to touch anything that Richard Christie licked (laughs) or had his tongue on. And I'm like, how do I open this without? Even his fingers are suspect. (laughs) I know he's disgusting. (laughs) He's vile. So, yeah, I see a fan wrote me. So sorry to hear about the passing of your father. Why did you give the news about your father's death to Dan's papers? <laughs> See, you did that yeah, wrong. <laughs> I did that wrong. You gave JD so much shit for announcing his engagement on Twitter. Save it for the show. I know, but you know what, guys? In a way, I wanted to say even to the audience, hey, look, you know, it, it happened over the summer. It happened in July. I was like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? I'm walking around keeping it secret for the show. How dark is that? I'm going to keep my father's death quiet for two months. 
or a month. No, I was glad you did it because yeah. it was just like it was done. It's out there, yeah. you know, because all of that would be happening now. Right. You know, you'd be getting this barrage of emails and notes and calls. I know Gary was all nervous about it. He heard my father died, and I think he was afraid to even send me an email. Uh, Gary, weren't you nervous or something about even contacting me about it? <clears throat> and, and I was so nervous <clears throat> that I didn't contact you. I happened to be uh, emailing with Beth, and I just <clears throat> mentioned to Beth, uh, you know, condolences. <clears throat> and then I think she passed it on to you, and, and you <clears throat> said no back. I just didn't want to bother you. And then I sent a card. You got to send a card. You got it. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I know it was very annoying. nice of you. That was nice. And I, and I said to Beth, even when, like, Gary, like, <clears throat> like Beth goes, oh, Gary, um, offered his condolences and she forwarded me his you know email exchange <clears throat> and i went oh what am i supposed <clears throat> to do now right gary <clears throat> that's what <clears throat> i said to Matt, and to. i did i i no, had but, but, to i listen when my dad died i was like at one point i was definitely cutting and pasting text you know what i mean at some point yeah. what is there to say <laughs> no seriously right. it's like thank you very no. much appreciate your thoughts uh, yeah. what is there to say yeah yeah But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's sad, man. It's awfully sad. So, I've been pretty sad, actually. But well, happy to be a, off the radio. Uh, uh, a, a, what I would call a, a normal response. Yeah. And I don't even know how I um, would have dealt with this if we were doing the radio show during Because it was, it, it was so many details. I don't mean, good Lord. Would you, know? you have continued to work? That's the question. Yeah, probably. That was my father's way. You do not miss work. Really? That was his rule. You never miss work. He he used to brag to me. He goes, I would go in. If there was a hurricane, I would go in. <laughs> I always went in. Uh, yeah. So, I did, you know, I've been indoctrinated. I'm in his cult. Hey, I want to thank um, DraftKings. DraftKings. Get in on all the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use code 100 for a special offer. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know, football is... Did football start? Did they have the first weekend no. or something? College. No. What's going on? College. College started football. this okay. weekend. Football starts uh, Thursday night. Thursday nice. night. Okay. And, and what about my man? At uh, the tennis, the U.S. Open, lots of amazing things happening in the U.S. Open uh, this time around, Howard. Lots of Americans doing very well. Last night, um, Francis Tiafo beat Rafa Nadal uh, to get into the second week of the. U.S. Open, and that hasn't happened since 2006 or 8 when hmm. Andy Roddick did it. So that was yeah. big news. You love that tennis. It's I funny. do. You don't even, I do. It's funny. You don't play it, but you love watching it. I tried playing it. Remember? I was yeah. awful at it. I know. So I stopped. Yeah. But I do love the game. Do love it. When Robin started playing, I was kind of like... Um, serena williams father i was i took her on as a i thought well here's my ticket we'll turn her into serena yeah, williams she's gonna change my life yeah but i think you're more but, suited for um 
pickleball like Gary. Pickleball. Maybe. That's, Maybe. No, that might be your, I wouldn't that might even. Be your sport. I thought badminton might be my sport. Yeah. <laughs> that little birdie. <laughs> yeah, you would be good with that, I think. You've got that hand eye coordination. Robin, you, um, would, you would love pickleball and you would be good at it. <clears throat> really? Yes. Am I going to be a pro? <laughs> Can no, you make no any problem. money at it? <laughs> what is it? It's a league what, there's two leagues. What is it? What is a pickleball? You play it? Really? I do. I play. And what do you regularly. do? What, what's the game? It's kind of like a shrunken down version of tennis. Instead of a, instead of a, it's a paddle instead of, you know, something with, um, uh, like a strings tennis racket. Strings in it. Yeah. With strings in it. And it's kind of like a wiffle ball. Um, hmm. and it looks, I know a lot of people make fun of me. Like Rasan always says, you know, that's a game for when you know you're broken down and you go and play it, which there's some <laughs> truth to, but, right. um, you cover a lot less ground, but it's still, you still, it's a workout. It's definitely a workout. And how about those uh, artificial knees? How do they hold up with pickleball? Uh, quite well. I, I mean, really? I did a lot of walking this summer. I walk almost five miles a day and then I was away and I was walking some days, 10 miles. They're no shit. Working. Yep. They work. No Good. pain. Good. No. No limitation, huh? I still can't kneel. That's the one thing. I can't fucking kneel. Wow. Hmm. You know, you I supposed- told you, Howard, my brother got recalled. His knee needs to uh, needs to go be looked at because there might be something defective about the implant. What do you like? Like, like, are you supposed to be able to kneel? Do you say to your doctor, hey, I want to be able to kneel or are they just like say, well, oh, that's some people. Here's the thing. You know, when, 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 when you go in, they go, you'll be good as new, right? So hey. not as advertised. There's minor limitations and kneeling is one of them. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when you go for a long walk, you definitely got to stretch afterwards because you can feel it. And right. they say, um, you know, it takes time. It takes time. But then after you ask like the hundredth time, they go, yeah, you might never be able to kneel again. Right. But I mean, does I it hurt put, or you can't actually, what is it? You know, it hurts. Wait, it hurts. If I put, if I put, if I wanted to kneel and I took a pillow and put it on the ground, that would be fine. But if I put mm. my knees on a wooden floor, it would hurt. Uh. Wow. Hmm. Well, it seems like hardly, I guess that's worth it, you know? It is. It was, I, Howard, I was going down the stairs like I was in the Olympics, like when you hold onto the parallel bars. I had to mm. hold up both arms to get down the stairs. So Jeez. the pain was brutal. So it's definitely mm. been worth it, 100%. How do you well, blow? I hope you don't John, get recalled. Yeah. How do you blow John Hine now if you uh, can't get on your knees? <laughs> very, very difficult. Yeah. He very has to difficult. sit on a stool. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. He stands and, not, and I and then he mouthfucks me. So much to talk about, Robin. So much to do. I got. Hey, we got some big fucking show. You know, I didn't uh, book any um, special events for today and tomorrow because you know we need to catch up. We got a lot to catch up on. Uh, but. Um, we got a lot of fun things happening. Um, we got uh, Imagine Dragons coming in to do some live stuff. Adam Levine's going to do something live. I got Rosie O'Donnell coming in next week. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, our good friend, Yay. is going to stop by. Um, we got the big Drew Barrymore dating game. I'll tell you how this came what? about. What? My wife and I were talking over the summer, and I said, you know. Hey, now. Drew Barrymore's single. We, I think, she, you know. I knew some guys I think she could vibe with. And she had said, you're actually picking these guys. Yep. And we got some great guys for her, like really great guys. And I'm not saying like, look, she, she, she had said that, you know, when we interviewed her, she was single and she was open to doing a dating game. So, well, she was doing the thing where she was meeting people online. 
Yeah, and I said, well, that would be kind of fun to set her up and see how it goes and see if we can't. I mean, that would be kind of cool. So we uh, we had a couple of dudes in mind, and I've been working on this. So yeah. we're going to do Drew Barrymore dating. I think she's going to find love right here on the show, and I would like to be responsible for I that. I don't know I really why would. you wouldn't drag that out into Drew Barrymore Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, well, we might have to. You, this fucking Bachelorette, I got to tell you, man, I know you guys are going to make fun of me, but... You know, I get the shows a little bit in advance. This week, they got a two-parter. So it's total four hours, I think, of Bachelorette. That you have to devote to Bachelorette of your time. And yesterday was the last day of my vacation. And I'm sitting there with Beth, and I'm like, oh, I have so much I still want to do. I didn't, like, I had goals, you know, for the summer, and I didn't get to any of them. <laughs> and I said, it's my last day, and what do we end up doing with the last day? We watched all four fucking hours of the Bachelorette. And I got to tell you, you know, these, they, they got two bachelorettes this uh, season. And, uh, you know, I just fucking love that show. I, I cannot begin to tell you how much I love that show. I love That's it. amazing. And I didn't I don't even know. know it was on. I've been very, very really? preoccupied with other things. And I didn't even know the bachelorette was happening. So good. All the girls this year are so damaged. They got one on there. Why don't, why don't these guys love me? I don't even understand how that show works out because she had three guys. This one, this girl, Gabby, beautiful the girl's got a body on her. It's perfect. And she, you know, as a heterosexual man, that's why I enjoy it. She's running around. They had to, they had to blur out the bottom of her bathing suit because oh, what's down there. <laughs> I guess she was wearing a thong and there was too much asshole and vagina poking out every once in a while. And they, cause she was jumping off of cliffs with this guy. And like, I think what happens is like when she jumps, like the thong was like getting caught in her, what, what do you call that snatch? You know what I mean? <laughs> getting caught in her snatch hole and, uh, her asshole and vagina were probably yeah, kind like, of some well, of the meat. What was hanging out? Does she have a tail? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> she probably had side meat. You know side meat. <laughs> That's true. Not Living that you on. have any. By the way, Robin has like a nice flat surface down there. There's no side meat. But um, a lot of women aren't that lucky. Cunt! Anyway, so I'm watching this thing. This girl's got a beautiful body, but she's all damaged. Every minute she gets, my mother rejected me and my father left me i mean okay i understand that's a rough beginning but you gotta calm fucking down with that story you know what i mean at some point have some fun in life yeah you know a guy doesn't want to hear that on the first date yeah and every minute why can't anyone love me why can't anyone love me i mean that's her mantra this woman and meanwhile there's a dude there who loves her but he's not the right one what's the problem well First of all, two of the dudes, they want to get away from her. The one that loves her, she's like, she was mad. He goes, hey, by the way, I don't understand this woman at all. He goes to her, by the way, I, you know, I'm in love with you. I don't want you fucking two other guys at this point. If I'm going to propose to you, that sounds like a very loving thing to say to a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this girl's so warped. She goes, I don't know why you're putting pressure on me. Well, I'm, I'd be like, hey, honey. I'm going to propose to you. You might not fucking two other guys. Like, maybe you should be short, too, here. Um, my staff, J.D. Hey, J.D., come on. on. The J.D. watches it. The staff has been debater, debating who is hotter, Gabby or Rachel, the two bachelorettes. <laughs> J.D. I know, I, my, J.D. thinks Rachel is hotter. Um, 
Who are you debating, Samantha, who works for our show? Yes, yes. Samantha is all about Gabby. She thinks she's hot. I think Rachel is hotter. Uh, I think she has a very beautiful face, uh, great body. Uh, she's well, short. You know, it's funny. Uh, it's funny, you two, because <laughs> the answer to your question is this: Gabby's body, but Rachel's head sewn on to Gabby's body. <laughs> that's that's it's a combination. <laughs> that's right. That's it. I was positive you were going to say Gabby was hotter. I'm um, shocked. JD I, thinks she's so hot. If yeah, I had to bang, if I had to bang one of the two, it would be um, Gabby because of her Hold incredible Jeff. body. And um, was, but if you had to stay way. with one, it would be Gabby. I would, even though she's damaged, really? I would have to. Be, yeah, because she's very, very thin and long, and uh, I find that very, very attractive. And her body's so attractive, I could put up with all her shit. Like her okay. fucking emotional bullshit baggage, because <laughs> as long as she's like parading around and being naked a lot, I could, I could. She'd answer. just have to stay naked. <laughs> yeah, she'd have to be in the house naked in order for me to get worked up. But what a body! Woo, mama. She's Lucia. damaged, but she's in therapy. She's aware that she's damaged. She's talked mm -hmm. about that on the show. So what? I don't care how much therapy she goes through. She's got to get better. That's a plus in Howard's book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's really needy. Finally, like one guy loves her, and then she's like, "Well, that's not good enough. I want you all to love me." It's so now horrible. you're pressuring me. Yeah, <laughs> JD, you really think Rachel's like kind of yes. um, like yes. um, no, she's hot. I don't know what to tell you. She's she's got a pretty face, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. But she's stubby. Have... <laughs> he likes <laughs> short. He said that was yeah, a plus. Nothing, she's short. Yeah, there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with stubby. You know, thick. Thick is fine with me, you know, so. Yeah, you like that whole look. She, she's, you know, thick in the right places. So. See, they have to oh, put oh. somebody on the TV for JD too, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But they put them in these situations where they wear wedding dresses, right? And like, obviously, Gabby is going to look better. You know, she's long and lean. Right. And, and it's like, it's, it's not a good situation for the two of them. Very competitive. Right. <laughs> I love that show so much. Even so, like, are they when it's dating boring. the same twenty-five guys? Uh, yeah, and then they split them up, and then and then at some oh. point, some of the guys go for Gabby, and some go for Rachel. I, you got you talk about wasting time. Like part of me, as a as a man who you know sees his life coming, you know, closer and closer to the you know the end. I go. Yeah, you always not... tell me. You know what he says all the time? I don't want to waste any more time. Yeah, I don't want to waste any time. And then I got involved. Mary McCormick told me to watch Married at First Sight on Netflix. Watch the the the, the most recent season. And I didn't know this fucking show is seventeen episodes. Seventeen episodes. I start watching this thing. They took some morons. Who are, I guess, so desperate. They, they actually get married without seeing the person. Yeah, like they're so bad marriage. at dating. They let somebody else choose a husband for them or a wife yeah. for them and they marry them without knowing anything about them. Are you guys watching this, JD or Sam? Are you watching it? No, no. I mean, no, there are so many dating shows. There's a dating show. With people based on their astrological science, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Either, I just saw oh, that. I, lo I can't wait to watch that. I'm all really? about the astrology. <laughs> yeah, I love well, it. Well, not me, great. man. I don't like astrology. I hate it.
I hate fucking people <laughs> who believe in that. It's just, it, it can't be um, that gullible. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with any. It's a complete farce. It's like, you know, thinking that the Bible is real. It's, it, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. It, it, see you later. Oh, I guess I should. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. How did you get a job you on this show? Nobody me. knew this. Do you, like, I'm a Capricorn. What are you? Well, I'm a Sagittarius and I'm rising Aquarius and I'm a Gemini moon. Oh, yeah, but what does that mean? Like, am I am I a good match for you? If you heard I was a Capricorn, would you say, well, I'm never dating this guy because uh, he's a Capricorn? No, I, I, I actually dated a Capricorn in, in, in oh. high school. It didn't work out because he's gay. But, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I think you, most of us are. Listen, it, it's it can't be a coincidence. Like my father, my husband, my son, they're all Pisces. I mean, come on. That's oh. crazy to me. There can't be. Well, that can't be. I know I sound like Sal a little bit. Yeah, you, like, you, you and Sal should get together. You guys have a lot of the same beliefs. But I, I don't know, like. Samantha, yeah, we, do. we should never have no. talked. I used yeah. to have uh, this great expectation <laughs> of what it would be like to hang out with you. Yeah, it turns out she's a little kooky. With that, <laughs> Howard, uh, Howard, have you watched yeah. um, Love is Blind? Have you seen that one? I saw Love is Blind, the first season. First season, yeah. That was, that was okay, but now I, I, I don't have any interest in continuing. I'll tell you what. Married at first sight, I am never going back to that. <laughs> I am never going back to that. I, I actually watched all 17 episodes. Did you? It's, it's way too fucking long. They got to edit the goddamn show down. But I stood there and I watched it. Although there's a dude on there. He's an expert at matching up people. His name is Pastor. The fuck's Duke. this guy's name? Pastor. All I know is whatever this guy's name is, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, I I, I fell in love with the guy. I'm like this guy. Really? I, I would like I like I would be friends with this guy. Like he he seems to make a lot. Pastor Cal, that's his name. Pastor Cal. <laughs> you know Pastor Cal, JD? No, I'm looking up Calvin Roberson. Is that the guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look him up. Author of Marriage for Punks. <laughs> I like this guy so much, I was thinking maybe I'd set Robin up with him, but it turns out I think he's married. I thought he'd be a good date for Stop Robin. Stop even thinking yeah. about setting me up. I don't want to be set up. Leave me alone. I had a talk with Robin over vacation. She tells me it's all closed out and down for business down there. It's that's like, right. it's it, that's it. It's <laughs> over. Yeah, I'm looking at Calvin's Instagram right now. He's married. He's, he's a married good, guy. Good. Good for him. Yeah. He's a good dude. This guy makes a lot of sense, but I'm watching this show. It's going out of my mind. I'm not wasting my time anymore. I'm, I'm giving up on I Virgin the River, the new season. season. of uh, Married at First Sight or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, but I haven't watched another season since. Right. It's, it's unwatchable. It's too much of your life. I can't be involved. I don't know, Samantha. I'm a little uh, surprised you're into um, astrology. <laughs> it's a little... A little strange to me. Uh, listen, I'm not into, like, I have a friend who has an app on her phone, and when she meets people, she plugged in their birth date, and she looks up their, like, she's really into it. I'm not really into it. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not sitting here now you're backing every relationship it off. I have. Now you're backing it off. <laughs> listen, compared to the staff, I definitely am a little kookier in terms of the <laughs> belief system. I've, I've seen her... I've seen her and Sal have some very deep conversations about Ooh. some things that we, you like. You yeah, think we, Sal is not off his rock? I heard, uh, her nickname at the uh, office is Salmantha. Prevalent. <laughs> yeah, we're a little. We're connected. I did not hear that. We, right. We're, we're you know we're both uh, 
cut from, well, I don't want to say we're cut from the same cloth, but you know, we're, it's, right. Listen, I believe so you, in something when, greater. When Sal talks about talking to the birds and all that stuff, you're right there with him. Okay, I didn't say I'm right there. <laughs> how many, for example, I'm how many like dimes have you found? How many dimes have you found and realized that they're connected to dead people? I, wait, this is actually very funny. We were at a staff lunch this summer, and Sal is having this deep conversation with someone. And you can tell, you know, his eyes have water in them and like it's very emotional. And then Wolfie fucking puts a bunch of dimes on the floor of the restaurant <laughs> and Sal gets up and he goes, see, this is the stuff that happens to me. Two dimes. And he shows everybody. And then yeah. everyone's looking at him and they know and it was just so heartbreaking. And, you know, right. and, and, and then he, go, he turns around. He goes, fuck you. Now, I'm, what did he say? Now I'm 20 cents richer and he walked away. <laughs> but, you know. Are you friends with uh, trees as well? Do you ever like talk to the trees and and all that? I don't talk to the trees. Okay. I, I right. do feel, I mean, I do think there are signs and, and I do Do you feel believe Sal to- floated above his bed and he has these out of body <laughs> trips at night when he's sleeping? I think Sal has a willingness and he's tapped in a little bit. And wow. I think if you're open, you'll have these experiences. I don't, I don't, you don't, I don't think he's know about dreaming and imagining. You think this is actually happening. Uh, Howard, will, will you still have me work for you? If I'm, <laughs> if I'm honest, I mean, I used to really, here. I thought you were together. Now I'm learning about you. I, I have over 100. Have you, have, uh, do you believe in psychics? <laughs> Do you think psychics are uh, real? Do I think psychics are real? I have had some pretty incredible experiences with uh, a medium. Uh-oh. Oh, he You know, Howard, I actually, uh, my, my, you know, after my dad passed away, I had some, you know, I had a lot of questions. It was very painful, as you're experiencing right now. And I just wanted to give it a shot because I right. heard about it. I wasn't. You well, know, that's what I, they do. They prey on the weak, you know, when you're at your weakest moment. They, you're they vulnerable, look, yeah. Right. Well, I, I did it on the one-year anniversary after he passed away, and I I spoke to her, and she did reveal some things that are not Googleable. you know what I mean? Like, she mm. revealed some things that no one would know that... I don't it believe was, it. it. You don't believe it. I could poke a hole it. in that. So, if I, if did you tape it? Did you audio tape it? I... I wrote I wrote everything down. No. Next time you no. go, audio tape it. Mm-hmm. I had I to do this with somebody there. very close to me who insisted mm-hmm. that they don't talk during it. They didn't give any signals. They didn't blah, blah, blah. I taped it. This lady spilled her guts <laughs> within three seconds. It, 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 she led the whole thing. In other words, she thought she wasn't revealing anything. It was so revealing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you tape it, I'll show you how they do it. I'm pretty good at this. I I get it. I mean, you got to be a good improviser, and you got to. I, I I could see it. I could see no. how you would go. Yeah. Oh, yes. I am. I'm seeing a bottle. Was it a mug? Oh, yeah. It was a mug. Okay. Right. I, like they they just. Yeah. I, I, they it. see it. They prey on the weak. They all should be in jail. Well, let's them. ask the real question. Were you? <laughs> Did did whatever you were looking for come out of this meeting? You had some concerns or issues. Oh yeah, what of course it did. Happened as a result. They always give you, know, you a I good think, happy ending. 
when I think when someone dies, you have the beauty of remembering them the way you want to remember them at a certain point because you don't have to remember them when they're sick and suffering or you know as you grieve you start to remember them the way you want to remember them you know we had a very difficult relationship and now i get to remember the positive i, I get to stay close to the positive stuff were you, know, you my a, dad died were you a, were you a turtle in a past life <laughs> how did your dad die hey uh he well pretty graphically he he died like uh, you know on the floor blood on the floor reaching for the phone like that but he uh, he had a lot of he had a lot of health problems so he would you know had some heart problems he was on dialysis he was very young i mean he was very sick yeah yeah he was very sick but he had a lot of really close calls he had an like an aortic aneurysm when i was a teenager there was a lot of like really close calls and then eventually when he did die he kind of just went very fast. Like he either had like a massive heart attack or a aneurysm or something. And when he was found, it was really quite graphic. And I was actually, I was actually pregnant at the time. So I didn't want to see the body because I was a little mm. freaked out about it. Wasn't, wasn't pretty. Um, mm. I think he'd broken his nose and it was, you know, but I, I think when you have a complicated relationship with someone, Howard, so I, not exactly the way you had a relationship with your dad, but mine was similar. You know, there were highs and lows and it was painful, but we were close. You know, <laughs> you you are lacking that closure. There's just something you feel like you're missing. So yeah. I, I wanted to give it a shot. I mean, did it do that? Do for I think you? the medium? What did you say? I oh, did, did it do it. D- yeah. <sighs> you know, I think it. What did the medium it tell you? Me what, did, what did your father say? Okay, so yeah. <laughs> so he, he she to, she told me a couple of things that were m- my dad used to always keep this this um mug. He was a musician. He used to always keep this this uh, mug on the side of his piano, and he called it his bati. Like yeah, he would just and, his and bati? We, we would buy him his bati. He would be like, oh, okay. was, instead of his water, it was like this big thing of ice water, but it was in a mug, and. She was telling me, your dad doesn't want you to remember the bad things. He wants you to remember the little things that 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 were so sweet and pure before things got really hard. And she said, I'm drawing something on the edge of a of a, a piano of a mute. Now, she did know he was a musician, Howard, to your mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And it was a cup. And she said, I see a cup. And he had even written songs about this cup. And she said, does hmm. this cup have some importance to you? And we had written songs. We would get him a cup for Christmas every year, a different one, a mug, and it was called his like bati. That was the thing. Well, so, I'm just and telling she said, you, does it have to? If yeah. I was listening to this conversation that you had with the medium, yeah, you know, and think about it, mm-hmm. how much did the medium charge you to tell you about the bati, which you knew about <laughs> already? If you think about it, I think it was a hundred dollars for an yeah. hour. It really hundred bucks. You heard cheap. about something you knew already. We didn't hear anything new. You know what I mean? But. She but went to Robin's closure. point. Yeah. And I don't yeah, and hear Robin's closure. What? Well, the, I think there was closure. I walked away oh, thinking okay. about some fond memories of being a child instead of thinking about this graphic image or thinking about, you know, our relationship later on, which was more complicated. So I, well, I think good. that. Right, you know, that's worth it. it. Was, 
That's a hundred so bucks. So am I a help. fool? Do I find? No, no, no. You're, like you're fine. Everybody, person? listen. You're fine. JD's fine. Robin's fine. <laughs> so is Sal. Sal's really. And Sal's fine. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's fine. So is anyway, Rachel from JD, Samantha, thank you for your thoughts, yeah, and thank no you problem. for who's hotter, Rachel or Gabby, on the Bachelorette. I appreciate the uh, update. Anytime. Thank you. All right. The hell do I know? <laughs> My soul is mending with the 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 okay. soul of the tree, the love of the tree. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, Sal told us over the summer he found seven dimes in eight days, and I was like, "Oh, I guess that's good." What's huh, Sal? that mean? Was what seven dimes in eight days means what? I don't know, Sal. What does that mean? Changed? Yeah, you want to get into some bati or bati? Bati. Go talk to Sal. <laughs> Bachi. You found Bachi eight ball. dimes in seven days. <laughs> Or seven yeah, dimes in seven eight dimes days. in seven, seven dimes in eight days. It just means uh, I'm on the right path. That I'm being heard and that I'm being supported and I'm doing the right thing in uh, in the universe. It's like why Howard, did it like stop? Why did it stop? Did you get off the path? No, mm. not at all. I, it doesn't have to be every day, but sometimes you know it's like a phone call. Robin, do, do you speak to your friends every single day? You no, know, maybe once a week, once a month. This is just a little reminder from the other side. So that's all it is. Okay. I got a call. Someone said, Sal's off his rocker again. He, you know, he's talking about how he found seven dimes in eight days. I said, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like Sal found 70 cents on the street. <laughs> That's not it. That's what I think. But I'm like, but, uh, what has changed about you know, his life? Well, I mean, where he's going somewhere, they're telling him he's on the right path. What else has happened besides finding dimes? I get yellow butterflies. They fly around me all the oh. time. Um, you know, I, I do see mm. lots of birds. It's just, it's just my I being. Do too. Robin. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm seeing all that too. I mean, I, I, I go for a walk with my wife every day. We see a shitload of birds. I see ducks. Oh. I see well, geese. I see everything. Well, that's the thing. You choose what you want to see. When your dad, God rest his soul, Howard, I'm very sorry. When he visited your mom, that was a clear cut sign, but you dismiss it. He's right there. Uh. Your mom is telling yeah, you. Yeah, we, we, my, my wife and I, my wife and I had some fun with that. Like, like after, <laughs> right after my dad died, we're walking around and, um, we see a bird and, uh, <laughs> my wife goes, you know who that is? I go, yep, there's my dad. <laughs> Did he shit on you? <laughs> you want to know? You want, okay. You want to hear a weird yeah. thing? You see, Sal, you'll <laughs> like this. Right okay. after my dad died. Now, uh, let me, let me tell you this way. Cause I'll tell you, cause Sal will like this. So I got a neighbor who plays chess and I right. guess his, um, the guys, um, through his company, they throw chess tournaments all the time and they put up money and all this shit. So he right. invited me over and, um, they had all these grandmasters they were playing. So I sat down for three games or so. I got beaten in like three seconds. I I'll never go again. It was so humiliating. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to just, everyone was having a good time with the famous guy beating him. You know, hey, let me play Howard. You know, they're all grandmaster. I'm no grandmaster. I don't, you know what I mean? So it was just like yeah. fucking ridiculous. And they play fast. And I was the only one wearing a mask. So that was sort of weird because everybody else is back to normal except me. I'm, right. I'm still hiding in the jungle. And I'm wearing a mask and I'm sweating because it's outdoors even. But everyone's like, during a chess game, you're close to people. I don't want to get, I just don't want to get COVID. I'm tired of reading about people who got long-term COVID and they're in brain fog. I just don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it. 
And if I can protect myself, I will. But anyway, afterwards, I'm walking home. And this kid stops me and he says, hey, by the way, hey, Howard, I'm a fan of yours. And I want to tell you about this and that. He's telling me about uh, he was sorry my father died because his father had just died. And he was telling me and talking to me and blah, 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 blah. As he's talking to me, thank God I was wearing a hat. A bird shot right on, came right up to me. Wow. A piping plover. A what? That's a piping a plover. It's a bird. It's a type of bird. And in order, they, they get pissed when you get near their eggs. Uh, and it shat on my head in order to chase me away. Now, I thought of Sal because the famous story with my father is he went to England with my mother. And in one of the few conversations I had with my father, I remember he came back. I go, hey, how was your vacation? And he goes, oh, I was in England. I'm walking. A bird shit right on my head. <laughs> Didn't tell. He was in England. The only nothing thing he told me about was this bird. Ben, nothing. 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 <laughs> it was just this bird. The only thing I heard about was this bird shitting on his head. And my father's bald and it was big. He was very embarrassed. And that. Uh, yep. So there was my son. It was my father shitting on me. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> for one this, last time. It wasn't a coincidence that this, this fan was talking about your father, sending his condolences and go, a see? bird shit on your head. I told you something like it. Nothing is coincidental about that. Nothing, no. These are signs that we refuse to see. But if you just open yourself up to them, you'll see them and you'll feel much more. And the fact that your phone cut out, Howard, at the funeral was an obvious sign from your father. Because Oh, my God. You are souls work. Souls work with energy. And that's how they can can communicate with us. They can flash lights. They use All right, let me ask you this, genius. Let's assume you're right. Why would my father? I don't father, claim to be a genius. Why would my everyone was crying and loving my father singing at his own funeral? They loved the whole thing. Why yes. would he cut that off? He didn't deliberately cut it off. He passed through the phone in a, in a, as a form of energy to let you know that he was there listening to it. And the only way he could do that was by stopping your phone. He I knew see. you would restart it. Ugh. Yeah. No. So it he didn't made restart. the sign. I couldn't get the thing to well, play again. It's a good thing I had two copies. Right. He right. had a backup. Well, and well, by the way, Sal, another thing. Yes. Stop talking to Samantha. Your dopiness is contagious. Now she's getting it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Done deal. But anyway, uh, very sorry, Howard. Your father Thanks, was a Sal. great man. Thank you. Uh, and you're a great man. Thank you. And thank you for the explanation. That's the least I could do. Yeah. I was thinking when this he bird sees shit on a my lot head. of birds and butterflies. When this so bird is everybody shit else. <laughs> when this Robin, when this bird shit on my head, I go, Sal would have loved to have had a bird shit on his head. He, I felt so. That's I felt right, like I, be a sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my sign was get home and get this shit off my hat. I love this hat. Right. And uh, Beth washed it. That was it. Fuck. I'm the perfect idiot. I get okay. up some mornings. There's so many birds chirping that it wakes me up. Is that a sign, Sal? Yeah, that's a sign. I've had five <laughs> red cardinals appear in front of me. Not job. All right, let me do. Uh, let me get down to some business. But um, oh, I got so many things to tell you. Good lord, we have. We, you know what? All right, we've been off way too long. Let's uh, say this. Let me give you. A there you go, Tom Petty. You don't know how it feels. Coming at you, WNBC. Uh, in 
good job there. You know, I got a Casey Kasem-like fact about this song. Tom Petty almost left this song off his album, the album Wallflowers. He uh, didn't think it was that good, I guess, but hmm. Who somehow, you know, into it? Sal <laughs> said he saw a sign, a dime dropped in front of him. Prevailing. <laughs> At the point, I can't believe he's dead. Well, you know what? You can still hear him yeah. on his channel on Sirius. Absolutely. Here at Sirius, no one dies. We keep <laughs> you going. Me. Uh, Wallflowers was the first album he worked on with Rick Rubin. You know Rick. Yeah, Rick's kind of a genius, I guess. Yeah. That's, Works that's any what he genre. Tells me. Yeah. All the genres. And, uh, oh, all right, enough about Tom Petty. Let's get back to me. That's most important. Uh, first <laughs> of all, uh, many of you have wondered what the fuck was the big story of the summer. For me, it was uh, J-Lo and Ben Affleck uh, getting back together and marrying so quick. I mean, those two are wild. I mean, we had just They're had in a ben rush. Always in a rush. Yeah, I guess they like maybe they got bad news, like someone's dying, and it's like we better get hurry up and get married. I mean... You know, I might have advised Ben, because now I consider myself a friend. We had him on the show. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a good friend of his, but I, I feel friendly toward him. And I would have said, just slow down, you know, like date J-Lo for a while. What's the rush? Like, she's been to the party. She's been to the dance like two or three times. You know, you just got out of a marriage. Maybe you guys just hang a little bit, you know? I think they've been married twice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, you mean... <laughs> The but first not to each time other. And this time, no, 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 no. Right? Weren't they married at one no. time? No, they, they were. They never got married. They were engaged. No. Engaged. Okay, yeah. and then it didn't work out. There you go. Now you got it right. Okay. Well, you know what because happened with those two? What? They did that movie. Geely. Geely. Geely yeah. is how you say it. It's spelled G. <laughs> it's spelled G-I-G-L-I, -I, but it's Geely. When those two hooked up, the best part about them hooking up and getting married is all the newscasters had to do stories. And they were t you know, discussing that they met on Geely. But none of the newscasters knew how to pronounce it. And and they were all having a hard time with the name Geely. I got a montage if you want to hear it. This is and from. Still, I don't know what it means. I don't know what that movie was about. I don't know anything. Geely doesn't tell me anything. They did that movie and they broke their ass up. Geely. But listen to this. This is the best. Time for our second trivia question for the day. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez starred together in which film? G. Geely? Geely? I've never seen that. Lopez and Affleck reportedly first met on the set of Jiggly in 2002. First met on the set of Giggly. <laughs> first met on the set of Jiggly. Reportedly first met on the set of Jiggly. On the set of Jiggly. On the set of Giggly. On the set of Jiggly. On the set of Giggly. Was it? What was I in? Geely. Geely. Lopez and Affleck reportedly first met on the set of Zeely in 2002. First met on the set of. G Giggly? Uh, Geely? Is that what it is? Geely? Second G is silent. All right, I don't know that movie. Anyway. 
Geely? Yeah, I, yeah, it's an extra G. Is that what you're saying? You thinking? I don't. Um, I don't know. <laughs> turns out, Geely is harder to say than Delabate. <laughs> Actually, uh, Jiggly would have been a better movie title. Geely, Geely. I mean, but if you're a newscaster, don't you kind of read that in advance a little bit and know the name? That's Geely? what I was thinking. It does. N- none of these people pre-read their no. copy. No, I guess when they get to the J-Lo and Ben Affleck story, they're kind of like, you know, I don't need to pre-read that. I mean, <laughs> how hard could it be to talk about J-Lo and Ben Affleck? But, uh, yeah, they got married in one of those quickie ceremonies, and then they had a bunch of, like, they were having weddings almost every day. Right. I think they've been married now five or six times. Yeah, And they've been right. married five or six weeks. Got married at uh, Ben Affleck's home in Georgia. Got married in uh, somewhere else, too. Vegas was the first one. What? Then they Vegas. go to Vegas. See how easy it is, Ronnie? You're in Vegas. Just get married. There it is. How long has Ronnie been there? And he's still not married. Still not married. <laughs> um, here's some interest. Like Jennifer Lopez, I don't know, brings out a lot of weird feelings from people. Here's Here are two interesting takes from the news. Um, th- like this is weird to me. Like, here's a guy on on a Detroit morning news program, Fox Two News. I guess he doesn't like J Lo, but he was he he went on way too long about how much he liked. Like, I understand when I go on about J Lo or so, but this guy's a newscaster and he got very worked up during the news about J Lo and just kept going on and on and on. I thought it was interesting. How Jennifer, much do you care, Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, she has reached. Uh, the Kardashian status to me. Mm. I now view Jennifer Lopez as a Kardashian. Yeah. Like, because it's just so much. It's constant. She gets her nails did, and we know about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, we, we have reached, she has jumped the shark. She is beyond jump the shark for me, Jennifer Lopez. I tried watching that documentary. There's a Jennifer Lopez documentary mm. called Halftime. And even that, it was like, I can't, it's I don't so need every detail, every thought. Yeah, that's why I got to interrupt this for one minute. Th- these two maniacs, I-, I-, I find myself defending Jennifer Lopez in this. It's like, first of all, you are the guys who, p- who discuss Jennifer Lopez in the news. She isn't discussing it. You guys are following her and everything she does with Ben Affleck. And then how can you be surprised when you watch the woman says she watched a Jennifer Lopez documentary and she felt it was self-indulgent? Well, why did she watch? It's a documentary about Jennifer Lopez. How how? All right. But anyway, if you don't get... like somebody, why are you watching their documentary? You know, I used to consider her the most beautiful woman in America. Mm. I, I just, I, she is, it, she is just stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then you peel away all these layers mm-hmm. to her, and, and it, she, it makes her way <laughs> less attractive. So it just goes to show you that it really, truly is not what's on the outside. Yeah. yeah. But kind of who you are that makes your, you attractive or not. Yeah. Do you expect to see a big wedding from them still? Oh, I hope not. Right. Right. Uh- That's a news show. Like, that guy's way obsessed. I mean, what? It, and he doesn't even make any sense. He's like, I, th- she's a Kardashian. Well, no. I mean, she actually is a performer. She Right. She does who, things. Yeah. She isn't famous for nothing. I mean, she does something. 
I don't know, but the guy sounds like he had a shot with J Lo, and then he got, and then he's angry. Yeah, she maybe she him. shot him down or something. Right, maybe right. that was what happened because boy, is he pissed. All I know is I tuned into this documentary about J Lo, and I found all it was about was J Lo. We peeled all these layers. What layers? What are you, you mean, talking about? <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of shocked that the media is so obsessed with Ben Affleck and J Lo, but I don't blame them for all the media attention i blame the media for all the attention yeah it's the same as johnny depp and amber heard why are they getting all the attention because oh, i know why i well well you know why <laughs> yeah. but if you know joe blow had a wife who took a dump on his bed they wouldn't put it in the news here's a and woman so in- there are certain people who are like lightning rods and and they can't stop talking about them Here's a woman who uh, is on in Canada, Canada television, and she's upset that J-Lo, the word J-Lo, will no longer be used. It'll be something like, you know, something (laughs) like that. She's worried that the J-Lo brand is changing. This is fucking weird. But I want to have a moment of mourning for people like me, hardcore J-Lo fans. I do believe we may have seen the end of J-Lo. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Well, you can't and call yourself maybe J Lack. J, what is it? J Lack. No, that's not, that's no, not a thing. Not it's not working. Not it no. is literally a choice. So mm-hmm. I have questions out of the gate when she signed off on the newsletter mm-hmm. because I had a moment of grief. Mm. I said, "Is J Lo as we know that's her so gone?" <laughs> and she's there. I can't take it. That's really dumb. I don't listen to any of this stuff anymore because people are just making no sense. And they're involved in nonsense. Yeah, I'll tell you that. That's why the country seems so dumb. Everything's yeah. so gloomy and dark. Is J-Lo gone? I'm yeah. heartbroken. Anyway, yeah, I, I was surprised those two got married, actually. I was quite fascinated by it because I I felt like they should date a little bit. Well, know, considering- look, when she met, what's his name, A-Rod, they were engaged in 10 minutes. Yeah, they and don't waste then time. the only thing that interrupted their wedding was the pandemic. They were supposed to be getting married then. It must be really important to J-Lo that guys commit. It's like The Bachelor. She wants that engagement in nine weeks. That's I right. I mean, she's not fucking yeah. around. Like, you hate. Like, the, on The Bachelor, the girl's really upset because these guys don't want to propose after nine weeks of knowing. And that, to me, I'd be like, well, hey, this guy sounds like a normal guy. He doesn't want to propose after Makes nine weeks of knowing. Me. Yes. And while, you know, while, and you only saw each other on set, basically. Right. Like he actually wants to get to know you. Like that seems like a compliment, not, not a negative, but like JLo would be an excellent bachelorette. Like, okay, we've gone on one hometown date. You met my parents. We had a, a fantasy suite. All right. And we had one one-on-one date and several group dates. Shit or get you off the pot. You see me? You slept with me? Yeah. Now, now let's go. where's the ring? <laughs> let's go. Time is short. Hurry up. Wow. You want to take some uh, phone calls? Say hi to people? First, I, I think you know? we should say hello to people after all this time. All right. Let's hello, hello. See. Let's say hi to Kimberly in Kentucky. What's up, Kimberly? How are you? Hi, Howard. What's up? Hi, Robin. Hi. 
Hi, uh, I just wanted to call in and let you guys know that you all are my favorite. I've watched you since I was a teenager. And I just love your all show. Huh. Thank you. All right, Kimberly. Wait, this is a thing. Oh. I am, I'm needing a boob job. Okay. And I was wanting, me and my fiance is wanting to come and meet you to see if you think I need a boob job. I mean, what, what are oh, you looking for free titties? I, I'm not doing that anymore. I used to, I used to on the air give away titties. Yeah, that and happened then, here. That happened, but you know, what am I going to do? I, you know, we got to move on. You want a boob job, get a boob job. Uh, whether we think you need one or not is not the issue. You know, you call me crazy, but Jitties. when uh, Biden announced they're going to start, you know, helping people out with loans for their college, I was like, you know, titty job too. That wouldn't mind. <laughs> like maybe set up some government monies for uh, allocated to women who have, you know, less than ample bosom. Jitties. You know, help them out. What do you think of that, Kimberly? When I become president, some money will be uh, allotted to women who want to get titty implants. Okay. You, you know, like it? I, I wasn't looking okay. for free titty. Titties. Oh, I see. Oh, what, you just want me to tell you if you need titties? Yeah. Well, why don't you just uh, send me a picture? Send me one right now. I'll tell you if you need titties. I'll be honest. All right. Or if he says... It, wait a minute. If he says you don't need titties, you're not going to get them? Uh, I don't know about that. Well, See? let's make a promise. You need to listen to me no matter what I say. Now, what do you think is wrong with your titties? Are they crooked? Are they floppy? Are they too small? Where are we at with your titties? Um, too small. I've had two children. I had a nice set of titties when I was younger. I had two children. It drained them all. I'm barely an A cup. Okay. Are they, do they have a lot of like, um, lines and ridges in them from being deflated? No, no. Just a few stretch marks, not many. Hmm. Well, why don't you let me tell, uh, Gary, what's the address that she could, uh, can you email me right this second? Yeah, I can email you my titties right this second. Good. Uh Gary. Put her on hold. She can email me, and then I'll just put the picture up. <clears throat> you have nice nips? <clears throat> yes, I got nice nipples. Babe, do I got nice nipples? <laughs> yes. Now, what's he going to say? Jitties. He says no, he's going to be divorced. All right, here, I'm going to put you on hold for one second, and then I'll bring you back up. Okay, Jitties. thank you. I'll take a look. I'm going to be honest with her, though. And I know some people are saying, ah, you know, everyone well, is beautiful. Well, if it's right away, aren't you going to say, well, she probably needs nope. more than an A cup? No, I'm not. I am a. Oh. I am actually very enamored of the small titty look. I'm of talking the A about, cup? <laughs> I dated some women who were really tight, their bodies, and they had little titties, and it was cute, and I liked it. It kind of was hot. I'm not anti-small titties. Uh, I think I'm a perfect guy to evaluate this. All right. You know. But she's going to get them anyway. She's still going to feel this way, whether you say they're perfect or not. What I'm going to be looking at, Robin, I'm going to be looking mm -hmm. for symmetry, um, much like in a bodybuilding competition. I'm going to be looking to see if the titties match the over. Like if she's. You if know, they work with the overall titties. frame. There, there you go. Okay. Titties. That's very important. Yeah, let me pick her back up. Hello? Hello? Hi. 
Did Gary get the number? I mean, get the uh, give you the email? Yes. Did you send I'm it? I'm taking the picture and emailing it oh. right now. Hello, hello. Oh, so we're getting a right away picture. Do you want to know what I, uh, you mind if I supervise the photo? <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Is your shirt off? Um, it's pulled up. Yeah, I would like the shirt off, if you don't mind. Because if you pull it up, I can't tell. I, and I want to see as much of your body as I can see. I just don't want to see the titties. I want to see, you know, how it looks in relation to the rest of your body. All right. I'm taking the picture now. Yeah. If I had my way, I'd have you stripped down to your panties and then, you know, and then take the picture. But okay, let's see like what we got. Like a full body shot? Exactly, Robin. Robin knows what I like. Well, listen. She's asking me for a evaluation. I'm trying to take in the full picture. What's going on over there, Kimberly? I'm emailing right now. Excellent. All right. You'll have your answer in seconds. Yeah, with modern technology, you don't have to come all the way here. Exactly, Robin. <laughs> Anybody else looking for titty evaluation, by all means. Uh Email sent. Perfect. And I might need you to slap your left boob against the phone so I can hear the density, but we'll see. Let me see. Maybe the picture will be enough. First, the picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, by the way, Robin, you'll be curious about this. I just found a dime on the floor, which means my dad is really into this bit. Oh. According to Sal. Yeah. So he's, he's excited. He's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, can you put that up on my screen, please? Yeah, give me two. two. I literally just got it. I am going to share a screen. Gary Delabicio. Here you go. How old are you, Kimberly? I'm 40. Oh, wow. Uh, hey, you want my honest opinion? Yes, sir. You got a rocking body, and you do not need titties. Hey, now. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Those are nice. They're not That's big. But, said too, but. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You got nice nips. You got. They're in the right place. <laughs> they're in the right place. The titties are like a nice shape. It almost looks like a B cup to me. Those are not a bad A. Titties. And titties. I, I think you're bordering on a B. I'm going to say that. You got a flat stomach. You got great. I mean, you got you got a fucking killer body. And why, you know what? Some women get boob jobs. They lose nipple sensation. Can you, um, do you get excited when a guy rubs those things? Yes. Yeah. You could lose that. I'm going to be up front oh, with you. You know, and he probably gets off on touching those things and, and getting you excited. Yes, he does. Now, yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something you didn't ask me about. As long as I'm helping you out here, I get that horrible tattoo on your arm removed. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> you ruined yourself with that. Looks like you got like a, what is that? A picture of? Um, I've got a sleeve of butterflies and flowers in remembrance of my mom and dad. And on you can't, the other let me side, ask you a question. You can't remember your mom and dad without seeing those butterflies on your arm? No, I can. Of course. Get rid of that thing. That's where that's the surgery. Well, that's you need. a tough one to get rid of, Howard. Oh my God. Look at that fucking sleeve on a woman. Ay vey. You've got such a nice body. 
It could be worse if it's just like, you know, some spots all over her, you know, where they couldn't make it go away. I got to tell you, monkeypox is more attractive than that shit on, his <laughs> arm, on her arm there. Oh, what is hey now. What a fucking butterfly. It looks like I'm in a, a, a forest or something there. Hey now. Why would a woman do that to herself? I was younger. I like tattoos, but I was younger and I wished I would have. Um, Your body is pretty perfect. What do you weigh? Um, About 120. Yeah. How tall are you? You look tall. Um, 5'9". Yeah. Whoa. Look at her. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you. You do not need titties. Do not get yeah, them. Yeah, what are you looking for titties for? Yeah. I suffer with confidence problems, and I see all these pretty women with nice boobs, and I feel like I'd like to boobs. see your face. Does your, are you, are, you know, the only thing I can't see in that picture is the face. How is it? I'm kind of curious. Um, It's really good. I can send you a picture of my face. Yeah, let me see that. Might as well get everything evaluated. Today. Might as well. We might as, as long as we're evaluating you, we might as well get the whole thing in. By the way, according to my staff, 72% of the staff thinks you do not need fake titties. That's a pretty high percentage. That's really awesome, and that's a confidence booster. Good. Glad this is working. Well, wait till we see okay. your face before you say you're getting your confidence okay. boosted. Let's make sure we got, we're all on the same page. Let me see that mug of yours. What do you, if you see? Good. If you see a face, you might say you do need boobs. What are you talking? I'm going to tell you something. Even if her face is a little bit busted, I still would be with her because her <laughs> body is so rocking, and those titties are nice, and the flat stomach. My face and the, isn't busted. Let me see if your face is busted. How old are you? I'm forty. I turned forty August the sixteenth. All right, I'm into that. Happy birthday! Thank you, Robin. Gary. Let me see that picture. Has not arrived yet. Where's the picture? It should be coming. It says it's sent. All right. Email is not as fast as you thought. You're a good-looking woman so far. Wait till we see this face. Who do you look like? Um, I don't know. I grew up thinking my father was my father and when my mom and dad passed i found out that he really wasn't my father i didn't ask what your problem is i said who do you look like that's famous <laughs> don't tell me your problems i, I got enough 23 and me is showing that a lot that people yeah. aren't really with the people that are Listen, their biological parents i got a mother I, I got a mother who's filling me with her problems i wasn't looking for that <laughs> Um, Gary, where's this picture? I don't know. Still not. Hmm. The first one came very quickly. This one is still not here. I don't understand why. Send it again. I'll resend it. All right. Excuse Who's me that? for a minute. Uh, excuse me, Kimberly. Yes. Oh, hey, uh, everybody. It's uh, George Takei from Star Trek. Hey, George. Good morning, Howard. I, I just wanted to ask, uh, does this young lady feel that her husband, uh, maybe he could uh, need a ball lift? How's his scrotum? <laughs> maybe he needs uh, to be evaluated. You want her Can husband he send to send a you a... Pic? 
Okay. Uh, if your husband could send George a dick pic, he'd appreciate it. Thank you, George. He'd like right. to evaluate Brad, your get your email yeah. ready. Uh, uh, <laughs> I believe our email is bonerpics at georgetakeishorny.com. All right. I mean, dot net. Dot net. Dot <laughs> net. Howard, still nothing. I'm sorry. Kimberly, we're not getting it. I don't understand why I'm sending it. Send it to okay. the same address that you sent the other thing to. Gary. Well. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. We get it. You don't have to say it out loud. I got it. It says it's fit. <laughs> All right. We're getting a little um, anxious. Good thing I got back I on the air after a summer vacation. This is important. She needed to know if she needed a titty job. Well, she was in pain. She was thinking that she needed boobs. No. I like her boobs. Anybody there think she needs a titty job? I'd like to speak to that person. Since 72% of the people thought she didn't need one. Yeah, who is the 28%? Hmm. It was mainly in my head. It's just me. No, you're hot. My, we wish we could see your face, but we're, for some reason, we're not getting your picture, and I got to move hmm. on. Well, I'm I just not getting it, Howard. I don't know why. I just got two other emails from other people, and I got her first one very quickly. Hmm. All right. All right, Kimberly, we can't evaluate your face. We're not getting the picture, so... I don't understand. Is there another way I can send it in? Try a different no. email? Carrier pigeon? Well, it's the same email. She keeps she's fucking up. She's, it, she's doing happened. something wrong. Yeah. You want to try somebody else's email? Maybe like JD or somebody? Maybe. I keep sending it and it says sent, but then it says Cued, cued. Yeah, something oh, wrong with yeah, that. It's not going through. I know what it is. It's too big a file for her to send. Probably. Yeah. Did you just take the picture the same way you took the picture of your titties? Yes, sir. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's just where technology falls apart. Uh, just for the record, the only guy who voted against, um, who voted for the titty job was JD. He prefers she had bigger boobs. He did. Uh, yeah. JD doesn't really actually, matter. I was really looking for your opinion. <laughs> I actually didn't vote in the poll, but uh, oh. no one else was stepping up. So, but yeah, listen, she's fine. But, you know. Look at, you know, uh, he's I, JD. Boobs. Yeah, come on. <laughs> right. He likes really <laughs> grotesquely big boobs. <laughs> Oh, stop it. <laughs> Excuse me for one minute, Rob. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored. Dan Rather is here, a famous reporter oh. who, uh, of course, uh, you know, was the anchorman at CBS for many years. Hello, Mr. Rather. Listen, Howard, I'm a newsman. It isn't really for me to give my own personal commentary, but so help me God. If you ruin those perfect tiny titties, why... <laughs> They're as perkier, they're perkier than a monkey after a gallon of, a, of espresso. I, I'm hmm. looking here at her photograph, and I have investigated this entire body. The only thing wrong with her is that accent and that tattoo, but small titties are great for her. You don't like the accent? 
Or the tattoo. Uh, not too much. Not too much. You know, I'm for the, I'm from the pre-boob job era. You know, it brought a great big smile to this old newsman's face. There's so much strife in this world, so much pain, and those cute little titties are a rare ray of sunlight. Right. I agree with you. Thank you, Mr. Rather. She's perfectly thin. She reminds me of that napalm girl I covered in Vietnam. Uh, yes, that's what I was thinking. Yes, thank you. I was in, in, in a small village in Duong Yong Lam, and there was a woman named Ping who had some of the loveliest breasts. She would please the soldiers with her silver dollar areolas. My <laughs> God. Well... He remembers you, it like it was yesterday. Yeah. Good. You, have, you know, that's why you're such a great newsman. You're so descriptive. You know, I feel like ping. I'm right there in Vietnam with you. Ping. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm looking at Ping right right now. Absolutely. And, and to go back to her accent, you know, it reminds me of protests outside of desegregated schools in the 1960s. You know, it's, a, it's an accent of, of hate. But the nipples, yes. those inspire peace. Right. Yeah. I don't know what J.D., you know, Mr. Rather, J.D., I guess, likes his women to have bigger boobs than him because he's got pretty big ones. <laughs> J.D. is from a different uh, manipulated generation. He has right. been uh, hogwashed and brainwashed. And uh, he, my God, he didn't he didn't uh, wash any of his sheets. And uh, I believe that parasites have entered his brain. He is completely <laughs> and utterly out of his mind. All right. Thank you, Mr. Rather. Um, uh, appreciate your opinion on Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly, uh, this guy's a famous newsman, and he says your boobs are perfect. Reminds him of his time back in Vietnam when a lot of people were running through the streets naked. To all the flat-chested women, you, I Mr. say Rather. courage. Stick with courage. You're right. a brave, brave woman. Okay. There you go. There it is. I think that better feedback than that. That's right. Did we ever get well, Kimberly's I, picture, or should I just move on, guys? We never got it. Wow. wow. I've gotten five emails since then, but not not that. Yeah. Something's uh, wrong with your network, I think. Hmm. All right, Kimberly. Probably. Well, well, problem I solved. I appreciate all the kind words, and thank you so much for having me on. You all have a great day. Beautiful Call us woman. After and, the boob job. <laughs> and don't get the boob. No, don't get the boob job, and you know. What's your sexuality? Are you really into it? Yes. <laughs> I'm very sexual. How many times a week do you bang your man? Ten. At least wow. ten. How often wow. do you blow him? Um, At least three to five times a week. My God. He'll never get prostate Who is this then. guy? What yeah. a lucky guy. <laughs> Robin needs a picture of this guy. <laughs> I don't think Ryan Gosling could uh, boast those numbers. Right. Well, unbelievable. Do you do anything um, unusual in the bed? What about anal? <laughs> Sometimes I do get a little kinky. Wow. No kidding. Do you dress up in outfits? No, not really. You just walk Sometimes. in the bedroom naked and get them right down to business. Yes. Maybe sometimes I might wear a pair of heels. I see. 
And what about uh, rough sex? Do you ever enjoy being spanked, or is that something not in your in your? Uh, in no, your... I love it. You love it. Absolutely love it. Turns me on when he smacks my ass. So sometimes you're saying during coitus, with his penis inside of you, and you're in the doggy position. That's he my takes his position. doggy. Yes. And you, he starts to spank you while he's inside of you? Yes. Wow. Imagine that. Very hard. And I love my hair pulled. What about being choked? I'm not too into that. Maybe mm. a little bit, but not real hard. I see. You like your hair pulled? How hard would one pull your hair? Um, hard enough to jerk my head back a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know a woman was in a um, a neck brace for three weeks. Some guy pulled on her hair so hard. You know, um, this sounds like the guy has to do a lot of work to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he tired after all this? Speaking of that. listening to it. <laughs> well, let me understand something. Do you ever, um, does he ever lay on his back and you get on top? Oh, yeah. That's his favorite position. He likes it. <laughs> yeah, because back say? there, he's got to work his ass off. <laughs> Are you fully shaved? Yes. That's fantastic. And and uh, what about role playing? Do you ever, let's say, say, okay, I'm an angry, um, let me think of a, um, I'm an angry what, Robin? Give me a role. That you I'm an play. angry customer, and I'm right. calling you because you didn't deliver on time. Mm. And you ever play um, a role playing? No, not really. I see. No, none of that play acting stuff, huh? No. You you I never mean, pretend to be a um, you never pretend to be a teacher. Or a stepmother, or a babysitter, or a real estate agent? <laughs> no. No, all right. You never play that game where you're auditioning, and I uh, tell you in order to audition, you have to please me? <laughs> no. no. But I'm not uh, against uh, trauma. Mm-hmm. All right. Kimberly, I got to go. Thank you. All right. There's Kimberly, okay. who he's telling. Beautiful body. No need for breast implants. And uh, I love role playing. I had Beth pretend I'm to be taking off my bra. Uh, I know, Robin. I please. I'm a married man. Uh, <laughs> Horse cock is fun. I what? was. Uh, I played a a, Horse um, cock a is game fun. with uh, Beth. She was a hospice clarinet player, and oh I my walked God. in on her. Yes, and <laughs> I was laying there in the bed, half dead, and and then something happened. Fantastic. You came back to life. I came back to life. She brought me back to life. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. Wait, where am I? Oh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I almost met my maker and you brought me back to life. Let's fuck. <laughs> Anne Marie, you're on the air in Abu Dhabi. Mm. Hello, how are you? Good. What's happening? It's kind of cool. Well, Remember so when you used to watch the Larry King show and you go, 
Abu Dhabi, you're on the air. And you'd go, wow, he's all impressed with himself. He's getting calls from Abu Dhabi. And that, all of a sudden, I was like, hmm, Abu Dhabi. Are you impressed? Are you impressed with yourself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. We have a listener in Abu Dhabi. Wherever oh, that. you sure do. And uh, listen, I was so excited for the last show when Beth came on and she was talking about menopause and perimenopause. It was amazing. Like, I wanted to know what sort of prompted it. Or 50th. But she doesn't have menopause yet. It's weird. It's it's coming though, right? Like she's having. She said things are getting kind of weird. Not not that I know of. Not that I know of. He um, might not okay. notice it yet. I don't yeah. see anything weird in terms of like she hasn't said to me I'm having hot flashes or I don't know what the other signs are sweats night sweats this kind of thing. I, I mean. I don't see any evidence. I, and I think you still she... have to knock off a couple of uh, days yep. in the month. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. She wasn't pregnant, though. She did miss her period. Like, she, her period was late, right? Yeah, it was late. I don't, okay. uh, I, I think I'm against her having menopause. I think I'm against it. So I think she's trying to please me. Is there a vote? Yeah. Let's vote on whether Beth should go through menopause. You're canceling menopause? <laughs> Don't some of you gals get like a hairy lip and stuff during menopause? I'm I'm not sure oh, I'm into that look. Course, you know, I don't want to. Yeah. I want to kiss my woman with a mustache. I might have to shave that oh, off. Oh come on, you're oh, all Rob, yeah. Come on, Robin. I'm not that. I'm, I'm kind of uh, shallow. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I thought it was so awesome that you talked about it because you know it's women are scared of it and we feel weird and crappy about it and I just think it's really right. cool that you talked about it. And then being a guy, like, it's just really cool the way you talked about it. And I thought she was really cool for talking about it because, you know, it's kind of like one of those things that you feel like you're, I don't know, you're going to be less of a woman, but you definitely aren't. No, don't worry about it. You're all woman (laughs) to me. All right, Amory. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All the way from Abu Dhabi. So look, it's 10 o'clock already, but I did want to say a few things. Yeah, I know. I know. We're so entertaining that the time just flies. (laughs) And, um. I do want us to pace ourselves, Robin, because yeah, I don't on. want to burn out. But I do want to leave you with the fact that we did make big news while we were away. And I did want to mention this. This is so great to mention because it did exactly what I wanted it to do. And what I'm talking about is uh, right after our last show in June, there was a hot microphone moment. If you were listening carefully after the um, after the show, during the commercials... We ended the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. You overheard the microphone was open, and you heard me talking to Robin about the fact uh, that I would somehow be in Dr. Doom this summer. And it immediately sent shockwaves through the geek corners of the internet. Here's how it sounded on the air. This is what happened when we signed off from our last show right before summer break. With over okay. 17 hey, million uh, pairs sold, Feigen's people love their Tommy John underwear and loungewear. And Tommy John doesn't just make uh, you feel cooler, yeah, you actually are cooler. Stay up to 7 degrees cooler than cotton yeah. in it's Tommy John's Apollo underwear. There's no risk, because you're covered with Tommy John's best period yeah, everywhere. Yeah, tell them free tell them guarantee. Works, but I, Shop TommyJohn.com slash SXM right now for 20% off your first order. I mean, Get 20% off right now at TommyJohn.com slash TommyJohn.com slash SXM. But I, but but I, I don't even believe me. I'm fucking miserable about it. I don't even. You listen to the Stern Show on your radio. Because I'm an asshole.
Well, that's what I did on America's Got Talent. So. That's right. You listen to the well, Stern Show on your actually, radio. Are you excited about it? Well, yeah, I called Robert Downey Jr. and I said, like, how did you, um, like, 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 I was asking him acting that you should Well, many of you who are true fans uh, heard this happening and you uh, didn't call and tell us there was a hot mic and that I was <laughs> revealing my plans to be in Dr. Doom. But uh, the emails immediately poured in about the leak. And um, here, I'll read you some. I was really hoping you were going to give us Favreau's cell number at the end of the show. I'm pretty sure I know who Michael Rappaport blames for this fuck up. And it's not Feige, not Fagan. It's Bowie. He's the president of Marvel, not in steely fucking Dan. Howard Stern playing Dr. Doom. Announcement caught on a hot mic. Does Baba Bowie still have a job? All these questions and more will be answered in September. Gary should be forced to go into the office every day this summer. That's how epic of a fuck up this is. Howard, we overheard your conversation with Robin. Howard must have been super pissed once he found out the mics were open. Shameful shit, Gary. My money is on Gary Delabate getting fired. Um, within a few hours, Marvel fans were all over this story. They were convinced that I somehow confirmed a Doctor Doom solo project. Hundreds of people put their reactions online. Here's just a little sample from YouTube and TikTok. This is what went on in light of the fuck-up where our conversation was overheard. Marvel just confirmed a Doctor Doom project, and it wasn't even on purpose. Wild news regarding Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom solo movie has just been confirmed by the most random person ever. A Doctor Doom project has just been leaked by Howard Stern, of all people. All right, Marvel fans, Howard Stern just confirmed a Marvel project. On Howard Stern's show, he accidentally hot mic Did Howard Stern just leak Doctor Doom's filming date? Doctor Doom confirmado en el MCU. En el programa de radio de Howard Stern, llamado The Howard Stern Show. This is the best Marvel news we've gotten in a while. This is ultimately one of the best characters in all of Marvel and one of the best villains, in my opinion, in comics. Obviously, this is huge news to nerds everywhere. Like, I don't know about y'all, but now I'm super hyped for this kind of news. Kevin Feige is going to be pissed for this one. Woo! Howard Stern, you done, you done spilled the tea, my guy. You done spilled the tea. But I can't wait because this is huge. Well, evidently, I unleashed a nerdgasm across the world. <laughs> By the way, not a woman in the bunch in those clips, no. if you notice. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Dr. Doom excitement from the male side of things. Uh, the speculation continued. People were full of ideas about where I would fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Howard Stern is going to have a pivotal role in the Doctor Doom project. What is the property? Are you going to be in Fantastic Four? Are we doing like a prequel Doom? This also confirms another rumor of Doctor Doom being in Black Panther 2. What are we doing with Howard Stern? For the simple fact alone that he said he's forking miserable over it and that it's going to suck, I'm really hoping that he's not playing Doctor Doom. So no, Howard Stern would not be playing Doctor Doom in the upcoming film, but I do have some Doctor Doom tea. I've had that either Michael Fassbender or Tom Cruise are going to be playing this character maybe it's some like multiverse stuff where it's like in a separate multiverse that's a whole other thing i was doing interviews people thus the ed brubaker run books of doom in this six issue series a reporter goes out to latveria interviews dr doom and dr doom basically gives it his whole life story dr doom secret wars i really i mean come on that's definitely where the mcu is headed am i right well a wow. lot of excitement <laughs> this hot mic 
And no one seemed to be thrilled to have me in the role of Dr. Doom. I can no, tell you that. No, they think you could be something, but not Dr. Doom. And you know what? Fuck you to everybody, because <laughs> I, I hate to toot my own horn, but you guys put me in this position all the time. I would be Fuck an excellent no. Dr. Doom, number one, if I should take the role. You know, I was but in the movie Private Parts. But isn't this always the way it is? That yeah. people immediately with these superhero characters, they hate whoever might be playing them. Oh, I remember when Michael Keaton, they announced he was going to be Batman. Yeah. Everyone was like, this is going to be the shittiest movie ever. Meanwhile, it was the best Batman when Michael Keaton was Batman. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. They didn't want Robert Pat uh, Pattinson this last And he time. was great. He was great. And they all hated Heath Ledger. How can Heath Ledger be the Joker? How can it be? Meanwhile, the guy won the Academy Award. Yeah. But me, but when it comes to me, no one ever thinks I'm going to be good in the movie. Why is that? What the fuck? You know, I won't even tell the story, but all right, here we go. Here's everybody commenting on Howard Stern playing Dr. Doom. What Howard Stern just accidentally leaked about himself and about Hollywood is absolutely insane. This is all just like, can you, can you ima just imagine, okay? <laughs> can you imagine Howard Stern playing in a Dr. Doom film? He is not. He is not cast as Dr. Doom. I will not believe that until I actually hear it from Marvel Studios. He doesn't have the right build. He doesn't have the acting chops. He doesn't have the right demeanor. What? And he has way too much connotation as a person to be that actor. I don't believe Dr. that. From the looks of it, Howard Stern himself might be playing Dr. Doom. Look, I love Howard Stern. I really do. But I don't really see him playing a character like Dr. Doom. But I will be very happy to be wrong, though. Just saying, it better be a movie. I don't want a Dr. Doom show. I want a Doctor Doom movie. A lot of these fuck faces. Uh, I, I want to say to them, can you imagine touching a human breast? Because I guarantee none of you have. <laughs> you don't have the demeanor. Uh, nor I, uh, the can physique. you imagine? <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I can't wait till I play Doctor Doom because I'm going to make these nerds eat their words. What do you think of that? Listen, number one. Dr. Doom's superpower is making nerds on the Internet lose their shit because you guys got to calm down. That's number one. Just wait for the movie to come out. And when you see me as Dr. Doom, just fucking enjoy it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But you're going to love it. First of all, let me give you a preview. Look, Marvel has a lot of uh, uh, money at stake. And Here, reputation be, at stake. They're not risking that. They know that. what they're doing. What do you think? I didn't screen test you assholes. And uh, believe me, I got a call from Marvel right after this with saying to me, hey, we're thinking of dropping you as Dr. Doom because uh, now everyone knows and we like to keep this stuff secret. So you almost cost me the role of a lifetime. And to prove how good I am as Dr. Doom, now I will play a little bit. Robin, you be Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Okay. And I'll be Dr. Doom. And I'll just give you an example of sort of how I get into character. So if you would, say something Peter Parker-ish as Spider-Man. And go ahead and I I'll respond to, to you. Parker. Yeah, yeah, if you don't mind. If, it, if it's uncomfortable, you tell me, but... I, I, you know, I'm not that familiar with Peter Parker. <laughs> All right. Well, does anyone want to play Peter Parker? Hold on. Yeah. Robin. Can somebody yeah. else step up like Jason? He knows uh, what Jason, Peter Parker Jason, you want to... Oh, anybody. Say. Anybody who want to be Peter Parker right now? 
I know all you guys love being on air. Come on, somebody step I up. I don't really know Dr. Doom. I don't know what their relationship would be even. Anybody want to explain who Dr. Doom is to Robin Maybe in the audience? Maybe I could audience? get into the role if, if that were to happen. What does Dr. Doom do? Jason, t give Robin yes. a little bit background on Dr. Doom. Who is he so they understand when I play him now? Yes, Dr. Doom was hit with a uh, cosmic rays like the Fantastic Four was. It gives him these amazing superpowers, very magical, mystical. He runs the uh, country of Latvia or, or something along the... But one of the most powerful villains in all of Marvel. And okay. he got his uh, yeah, powers when the Fantastic Four went up into space, if you saw that. If you, if, if, they even featured right. him in the movie. Yeah, he got um, hit with the same now, cosmic whatever, yeah. And by the way... Take a look at me. I look like a doctor. I, I doom you seems to be. You look like you be... were hit by something. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got his face got so messed up <laughs> right. by the cosmic rays. He had to wear why the mask. People, wear why are people mask. saying I can't play Doctor Doom? <laughs> doctor Doom's face is fucked up, and he wears a mask. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, Mike, Mike yeah, Trainer, yeah. everybody. Yeah. I'm the. I, I mean, why are people saying I couldn't play Doctor Doom? Of course I can. There's a whole corner of uh, Marvel fandom that exists just to be angry. They're very angry. They're very angry. It's She-Hulk right now. This show that's on just because it has a woman. They're, I love She-Hulk. I, I just don't like it, it because it's Good. stupid. I don't no, I like love that. It. <laughs> I am watching She-Hulk. Hey, Robin, I work for Marvel now, please. Oh, sorry. Uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love She-Hulk. <laughs> I... I, I really do love She-Hulk. I look forward to each episode. I like the woman who plays it. I think she's sexy as hell she's when she's She-Hulk. She's a She -Hulk. great actress. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm just a little concerned about... Well, let, I only watched one episode. Let me go... Do you watch the other the two. Whole, the, yeah. the first yeah. one's a little rough. I think... I, I don't agree with that. some behind-the-scenes things. I, well, the origin was supposed to come later, and they decided to move it to the beginning, so the it's a little... It's not the best. Like, it's not an example of what the show is. Mike. The second and third ones, it gets stronger. Yes. Okay. Don't you think when she's She-Hulk, it's kind of hot? Oh, yeah, for sure. She's She's like... In real life, she's a tiny little girl yeah. who's very good looking but yeah she's they, they did a good job designing her and, and uh, she's way, a great actress when they turn her into hulk what am i looking at am i looking at an actress in costume or am i looking at like a, a like a actual animation what am i looking at during I, that i can't it's figure a it out cg creation they i've okay. seen some behind the scenes stuff where she's in the the leotard she's in there, and the, the electro suit yeah yeah mm. they have her up on a platform too so everyone's looking the right she's she's enormous is she hulk right anyway yeah. Um, I will now be Doctor Who. Which one of you two geniuses want to be? Yeah, uh, Peter who's Parker? gonna play uh, Spidey? And I'll Go do some it, of my. I'll okay, randomly sure. turn myself into Doctor Doom. All right, <laughs> this is just to prove to you naysayers out there what's happening. Go ahead, Mike. You're Peter Parker. I'm Doctor Doom. Oh. You can go anywhere. I can ad lib. I'm so into Do character right now. I can. Uh... Right. Doctor Doom, my, you'll never get away with this. That's what you think. That's what you say. But I will prevail. I will prevail, Peter Parker. I will ruin your life. And do you know why I'm going to ruin your life? Just because why? I can. Because I can, you fucking moron. Oh my God. I hate you, Spider-Man. I don't mean? like you. I don't like you. <laughs> What did he I ever do to like you, Doctor Doom? <laughs> you're, you're a jerk. Who is that? Who 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 is this woman who interrupts our battle? <laughs> she Hulk. <laughs> she Hulk. Oh, oh hello, She Hulk. She -Hulk. Here. Let me tell you something, She Hulk. You're a cunt. Oh. Oh. 
And <laughs> Spider-Man, you're a little piece of shit. You're a fly. You're not a spider. Uh, you're a fly well, on look, my shoe. You maggot. Look, Dr. Doom, you wouldn't like me when I get angry. You get angry as you want because I'm Dr. Doom. I'm the most powerful being. And let me tell you, when I was on that planet by myself, sitting there by myself, when you all abandoned me, I plotted my revenge. And part of my revenge uh. is to fuck you all up. Fuck you, She-Hulk. Fuck you, Peter Parker. And fuck your aunt. What's her name? Uh, aunt what? Uh, aunt, aunt May. May. Don't talk about my Aunt May that way. Oh, buddy. I've already, I've already, I've already locked Aunt May in a cube in my basement. Did you ever see A Silence of the Lambs, Spider-Man? Yeah, I saw that movie. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what I did. I was, oh, I was no. inspired by that movie. Your Aunt May is in my basement getting ready to be made into a skin suit. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. And you're such a fucking <laughs> look, weirdo. Look Excuse you, me, She-Hulk. Hey, She-Hulk. time to send you back to wherever oh, you, you can't were do anything. Let me tell you something. By yourself. Listen, She-Hulk, I'm going to take a shit right in your mouth if you don't <laughs> shut up. And I'm going to tell you something, Spider-Man. Why don't you go what? be the pussy you are and go blow your boss at the newspaper? What's that dude's name again? <laughs> Peter. Uh, uh, J. Jonah Jameson? Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. The way you suck his balls, go ahead. Go blow him. What kind of superhero are you? Yeah. Why do you take Let me ask you something, okay? Sure. I know you don't like me, but I'll tell you what. J. Jonah Jameson, you got all the powers, and you sit there and eat his shit all the time. Go take your camera and shove it up his ass, and then shove oh, it up your ass. I got to earn a living also. I, I, you know my secret you know what identity. I, I didn't realize I'm that. Dr. Doom yes. full-time. I don't have a secret identity. Everyone knows I'm it's Dr. Hard out there for a Spider-Man. If I was if I was you, I would be like me. I would be like me. I would sit there and just be Spider-Man all the time. Why would you be Peter Parker? All right, listen. I'm not here to straighten let's... out your life. Aunt May's a douche. She hopes you shut up. And you're an <laughs> asshole. And I'm going to butt fuck your Uncle Ben's corpse. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. The worst thing. We that you need can do. to get the Avengers back together. So look that we can take care of this dude. Look who yeah, all of a sudden. Wait a together. second. Look who all of a sudden's in character. Robin goes, I don't know that they character. Now all of a sudden she's uh, acting. Over, now up, that up, up I know snow. what's going on. Yes. <laughs> Spider-Man, you're a fool, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you, you go ahead. You live in that shithole of Aunt May's house in Queens. If I you had live your in Latvia. If you're going to choose a country to run, why would you choose that one? All right, now you it's made a, a point. Real country. Now you made a point. All right, all right. Shithole. All right, all right. It's shithole. A, it's a shithole country, country, like Trump says. It's a shithole, right. At least, I live in a, at least I live somewhere where, like, uh, like you know, I, have, I run the whole country. You, you just live in your aunt's house. <laughs> what kind of doctor are you, anyway? I think Latvia yeah. is about as big as his aunt's house. And you guys are racist because Latvia is a beautiful country. Come, come visit, really. Uh, after I kill, Maybe you. I just will. All right. After you kill us, we're going to come visit you. Yeah, that's right. I, I think we have a plan for you. You'd better be careful. Now I can't stop Robin from acting. Now, now all of a sudden she came to life. I'm in character. Yeah. I love it. And Spider-Man, if you're so smart, why'd you go to that shitty college, uh, Empire State College? Uh, you didn't even oh, get okay. an Ivy League. Fucking moron. I have a right. rich dad. Bye. My dad was a Tony Stark. All right, bye. Uh, Dr. Doom didn't have a... Me, I don't have a rich dad. Uh, Spider-Man needs help with his uh, uh, college loans. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, I, I'll buy a ticket. What do you think? I mean, it's natural. It's great. I'm, uh, I'm, you're, I'm you're menacing. Perfect. Yeah. You, you hate I'm everyone, excited. and you're there for revenge. So that there, should shut everyone to, uh, up. Yeah.
it's well, be we'll great. see what they say now that they've heard you do a little Doctor Do. They're expecting the a big announcement I, this weekend, so we'll see. By the way, I certainly want to uh, credit uh, Mike Trainer, who just played uh, Peter Parker. Well done. Uh, Mike has uh, extensive uh, 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 his career. He was in a Golden Corral commercial early on. And you could see <laughs> yes. why you he was tell. chosen. You could tell. Yeah, you could tell. <laughs> and Robin was on Fresh Prince, this. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So there uh-huh. you go. Two, yeah. two veterans. Two veterans <laughs> of the acting community. Nice job, yeah. you two. Yeah. Yes. It's like I was watching the movie. <laughs> I was anyway. seeing it. I was seeing it. Yeah. Um. Hey, this is kind of interesting. There's um. Here's a guy on the internet. This was a standout reaction about me playing Doctor Doom. This is a guy on TikTok who calls himself the real Doctor Doom. Okay. He records messages uh, dressed up like Doctor Doom, so you could imagine what's going on in his life. Here he is. <laughs> Hello, TikTok. It is I, Doctor Doom. Back with another video, and today on the internet, which I've soon recently discovered, obviously, being on TikTok with all my Doominites, apparently this man named Howard Stern has leaked that Dr. Doom has some sort of MCU project. Now, it isn't me, people. It isn't the real Dr. Doom. Some. By the way, I'm thinking of hiring this guy as my dialect coach when I do play Dr. Doom. He's terrible. He's terrible. I call him (laughs) Dr. Virgin because I'm pretty sure he's never been laid. (laughs) I almost would bet the farm on that. Uh, The award for best reaction goes to a guy named Marcus Hammer on YouTube. Everyone else doing these kind of videos needs to take note. This is captivating content, I must say. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus. According to what I just heard through the YouTube community grapevine, Howard Stern is going to play Dr. Doom. He's pretty much known for talking about all kinds of things between politics and whatnot, entertainment and everything. So I was like, what? What's going on here? So I was thinking to myself, like, how they're going to pull this off? Because it's it's epic. But then again, it's going to be strange at the same time. Howard Stern, uh, you don't want to be critical about it, but I, I can't see it. But then again, we're about to see how they're going to pull this off. No, they're pulling it off. And I will be wonderful in it. By the way, I'm so glad the Internet was created. Uh, I'd say 80 to 90 percent of the Internet is that kind of shit. And uh, <laughs> it's important that it well, get out there. What were these people doing before? <laughs> Talking to themselves. Yeah, they were doing it, but they didn't have a they didn't have an audience. <laughs> there was no outlet. Yes, and Lauren. In Rhode Island. There's going to be a multiverse for them. Isn't that yes, right? That's right. <laughs> yes, Lauren. Oh, my God. Howard, you yes. are the man. Thank you. And Robin, you guys are my heroes. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. I've been such a big fan since I was like 13 years old. I'm so excited to see you in another movie because I've been, yes. ever since Private Parts, I've been like, why isn't he in another movie? Like, Well, you know how so people cool. are. Um, by the way, how are your breasts? Do you want me to evaluate them if you need implants? <laughs> We're on a roll this morning. Uh, look. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to disappoint you, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, secure in that department. Anyway, here's the Thanks final word. 
critics, if you remember, thought it was crazy when Robert Downey Jr. was cast as Iron Man. That's right. And how did that turn out? So uh, there you go. The answer is in. There it is. Go look at Robert Downey Jr., one of the greatest actors ever lived. And he, sure. uh, he nailed the part. I mean, you were incredible in private parts. Of it's, course. Well, it's, of course. The thing is, there's so many just pathetic, nerd, jealous, right. jealous. Everyone is jealous of me as Dr. Doom. And I They're will be wonderful. And I will win. All right, enough. I will win the Academy Award, of course. Ah. Get ready. Marianne now, you Brooklyn. know, to, to win the Academy Awards, you're going to have to go to all the festivals. Yes, I will go. Again? You yep, hated that be, before? Yep. <laughs> You'll hate it again. Marianne, how are your tits? Horrible. And you really hate it. First, I want to say, Howard, welcome back. And I'm sorry Thank about you. your dad and uh, you know you. your mom and everybody. And I Thank met you. them at the last day of K-Rock, and they were wonderful, Howard. They were so modest. I told them how much I loved you, and they couldn't have been nicer to me. Dad, now, rest in peace, I say yes, to my father. Rest in peace. And he too. really, he he deserves a good rest. And uh, Yeah. He lived there a long you life. You know how he was 83. I started figuring it out at K-Rock. And I go, wow, they were like two rock stars at that age on stage mm -hmm. and going over to K-Rock. And they were really pleasant, nice, modest people. They weren't showy and they weren't. They were just humble, good, kind people. And I hope your mom is okay now that he's not here with her. But anyway. Marianne is sweet. She yeah. sent me a condolence notes. Did, you sent me an ice cream pouch with $15. What was that about? I, <laughs> I sent Beth a cat birthday card because she turned 50. And the last day of the show, she spoke about, you know, turning 50 and how would you bang a 50-year-old. And you and I, I um, had gotten something at North Shore Animal League, a wallet. It was a charity donation. And I yeah, put 20 bucks nice. in there so, so she could treat you to an ice cream when you don't have money in your pocket, when Mr. Softy is in the hands. <laughs> All right. Well, good talking to you, Marianne. Thank you. I was telling you, don't, don't, do, don't do Dr. Doom. Not that you wouldn't be good at it, but think about your time, like you said today. People's right. regret is not having a lot of time, and, and not having any time is what you need and you want with Beth and your, and your family. So I don't think that's a good... Remember AGT, Howard? All those... Uh, you four Well, she makes a good point. Anyway, uh... He'd have fun doing Dr. Doom, though. Yeah, that's fun. That's time that is well spent, not the Bachelorette. Hour. By the way, uh, that little scene that Robin and uh, Mike Trainer did with me, uh, that's from the actual movie. That's actual dialogue that you will be hearing. Uh, yeah, Dr. Doom is so evil, he calls She-Hulk a cunt. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's he's horrible. Wild. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> Marvel is now going in a new direction. They're going to be very realistic. This is going to be the most adult yeah. of the and, superhero movies. And Dr. Doom, as you know, is very immature. He's such a bad arguer. Cunt. He just goes, you're a cunt. You know, All like, right. like, he just calls you names, cunt. and you're supposed Closing to names. go crumbling away. But She Hulk doesn't crumble. <laughs> no, 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 you were very convincing. As a matter of fact, <laughs> tell Marvel to hire you. I was cunt. like, what's wrong cunt. with Spider Man? He doesn't cunt. have anything to cunt. say. Cunt. <laughs> guys right. calling him names, <laughs> telling him he's got Aunt May in the basement, locked up. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Doom. You see how I slip into character. Do you oh, know that? Amazing. Do you know, I don't know. Do you take that home? Because you're so yeah. real I'm like, um, in yeah. it. 
I'm like um, this actor, Daniel Day-Lewis. My method is I I become Dr. Doom, as you saw. And um, do you know that even uh, Dr. Doom jerks off 21 times a month? Did you know that? <laughs> He's taking care of his prostate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know when Dr. Doom sort goes like into the Howard shower? Stern, yes. Yeah. When Dr. Doom goes in the shower, he likes to rub his finger on his taint to see what, the, what his balls smell like. <laughs> that crazy Dr. Doom. I know another yeah. guy just like that. Yeah, well, anyway, look, we've run out of time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're back in the swing of things. Your show is back on the air. We're here. Um, good to see you all, I guess. Uh, uh, you're not sure? <laughs> I'm thinking about it.